who will survive? And welcome to week four of March. Thank God. <laughs> it's nearly over. Our road to WrestleMania is coming to an end. Thank fuck. This is true, but first we've got to make a detour along the way. Mm. All the way back to 1993. Mm. <laughs> it's our viewer's choice episode, of course. And uh, you all listen to the last out of wrestling Unfortunately, the delivery man couldn't be here today. He got he got plundered with deliveries. He got snowed in. Yeah, couldn't leave him in the po- in the uh, in the shed or throw him in the bin like some people do allegedly. The van broke down. Yeah, the van broke down. He f- called for a code to go on, uh, to eat eat his parcels, and they said no. So he's taking shelter in his van. But that's not stopped us. So I have, of course, your host Coxie joined by. It's me, it's me, it's T-H-E, Paul the Hat Guy Flinders. T-H-E, you're the now. Yes, the, <laughs> I am the, the Hat Guy. Yes. You see, it, this pay-per-view has made my brain turn to mush. That is what has happened. The, I can't even remember my own the, name. This is what happens when you give, when you give the power to the viewers. Exactly. And then let, let Bunkle pick it out of a hat. Fuckers. <laughs> Fuck the audience and fuck my hat. So, of course, this was chosen by uh, Will. Fuck you, Will. Um, who made the suggestion it was a choice of 9 or 16. Of course, we threw them both into a hat and Bunker pulled that 9. The one we are talking about is, of course, the first ever outdoor WrestleMania held at Caesars Palace in front of... How many? Is it like 16,000? I, I got two different numbers, strangely. Somebody told me 16,000. Well, it was either 15,045 or 16,891. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've already started and we've got the pay-per-view on and for no apparent reason, Cleopatra and Caesar are coming out on the back of an elephant. This is WrestleMania 9. Absolutely. Caesar's Palace! Las Vegas, Nevada! Fight! of WrestleMania 9! Here is your host, Gorilla Monsoon! So yeah, we have um, Caesar and Cleopatra coming out on the back of an elephant. And that's the last you'll see of them tonight. (laughs) 
not like in today's thing where it's like it come up with like Twitter feeds for them and stuff, Twitter handles. Absolutely. I mean, and, uh, nowadays these are being a mixed in a mixed tag team match against you know the Snooky uh, and somebody uh, else. If it was nowadays, they'd have like their own throne like right in the middle of the hard camp, so they'd like easily lost like twenty or forty seats there from actual ticket sales. Absolutely. For two people to sit there and occasionally glancing down at the phone while someone else is tweeting for them, going, yeah, really enjoying this match. Absolutely. Especially love that, that um, but Bobby Roo guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of wrestlers who we'd love to see, this, elef- this uh, the elephant that obviously did the handstand and all this lot turned around and all that lot has actually shown more talent than Tamina and Curtis Axel have ever shown in their whole career. <laughs> Wait, you're dissing Tamina Snooker? I'm dissing the snooker. Shocking. I'm sure Bunkle's a bit of a Tamina Snooker fan. Where do you think he is now? Watching Tamina Snooker. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's got his own, yeah, his van, you know, using the Wi-Fi. Yeah. You know, he's um, he's he's pinching the Wi-Fi from the um, from the sorting office and he's uh, watching his own little Tamina collection. <laughs> but it's fine though, he's going to chime in at some point with his own uh, spiel on WrestleMania 9. He was going to be here tonight by the means of Skype, but unfortunately, due to the technical problems and the fact that I'm a bit of a fuckwit when it comes to technology, um, he's not here. Yeah. So, of course, now we had the Macho King coming out, or pre- well, pre-Macho King, Macho Man coming out being fed grapes and rose petals and shit. By Vestal Virgins, and one of them isn't Darren. Through <laughs> <laughs> this, this pay-per-view, is it? It's a bit like Menu 30. The first match doesn't kick off till eight minutes in. <laughs> Bodes well. It does bode well, well. The only other bit to note, notion about this is that Jim is Jim Ross's first mania. His de- I think his debut, I want to say. Uh, his pay-per-view debut, even. Pay-per-view debut, yes. And it's the only pay-per-view to feature Randy Savage doing commentary. Ah. Doing, I think he was doing commentary on Raw around this time. He was. I know he was on Raw. I know he was on Raw. Cause he, I remember watching footage, obviously, of Monday Night Raw. We had the Ico Pro sort of things in the background, and obviously synonymous with his voice in the background. Yeah, you know, calling the shots. So yes, I wasn't aware this was his only pay per view. Surprisingly, yes. Yeah, well, I've, you know, well, watch me be horribly wrong here. He got his fucking hands burnt commentating on this anyway, didn't he? <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's also the first. For what I want to say, I've not researched this properly. It's probably changed since, but it's the first of two WrestleManias to use black, yellow, and black ropes. Black, yellow, and black. Yeah. Ah, see? Little details. These <laughs> fucking microphones are terrible, though. <laughs> Little details like Jim Ross and a toga. Jim Ross and a toga with the world's longest microphone, which isn't <laughs> on a mic stand. <laughs> Imagine having to commentate about oh, this whole show to stand there with that mic in your hand. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a fucking it's workout it looks in itself. Like, it looks like Jim Ross has got like a, a six-inch dildo. <laughs> like a WrestleMania phallus. Jesus Christ, if that's six inch, then wow, I must have only been about three. <laughs> but yeah, so we have Heenan coming out, we have all, you know, coming out backwards on the back of a It's like camel. Jumanji. It is like Jumanji. It really is like Jumanji. And Heenan's coming out backwards on a camel again in a bloody blue toga, because he's meant to be a Vestal Virgin. Yes. And yeah, it's not Darren again. <laughs> but yeah, Heenan just shouting shit. But yeah, our commentary team, on paper, is pretty fucking good. It's, you know, you've got JR, 
you got JR, Macho Man, and Bobby Heenan, and it's, Gorilla it, Monsoon hosting the show. It's a and bit. You, you see all the twice. Yeah, Monsoon <laughs> twice, you see, you know, just before the main event and at the beginning of the show, I believe. But this commentary team is like wrestling cream dream territory. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's the everywhere moment for Menu 9. Yeah, this is the, you know, the. This is the all-star moment of WrestleMania Nine. Get used to, <laughs> don't get used to it, because there isn't many. There really isn't many. Don't get used to that feeling. You know, it's yeah. Well, with that, I'm going to jump. The fact that Bobby Heenan's got his fat ass in there, I'm going to jump to the first match. Yeah, I like the way they say they make an effort here of actually exposing his ass, basically. Poor thing. Finkus yes. Maximus. Labelled today as Finkus Maximus. In a, also in a toga. In a toga. Everyone's in a toga. And First I... person not in a toga is um, Shawn Michaels. Coming out, defending the IC title, coming out first. Yeah. Accompanied by Luna. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does, I know in the commentary... Um, this match, Heenan puts Luna over really, really big. I mean, she... Heenan just, like, puts her across as someone, obviously, you would not want to cross. Obviously, you wouldn't want to cross <laughs> Luna for Sean, let's be honest. But he puts her in a way like she's almost, you know, superhuman. Like, in a way. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's... like, you know, in a character, sort of like, you know, Mad Max sort of thing, but... I like the way he puts her over anyway, also as, as a credible threat and an actual, you know, advantage to Shawn Michaels actually being there. Well, it's, um, there was some backstory going into this, but I can't remember what it was. It wasn't much of it. Well, what I noticed about this match, there's, uh, with this show even, a lot of the matches have very little build to them. Yeah, they're very thrown together. <laughs> I think it's essentially the... It might be the, the next match of Stan Ahead Shrinkers. There was no build to it. They just no. literally threw it on the pay per view. So, oh, you're here but, and you're here. You're the then, first. Two, you're the first, first four guys to turn there was, up. There was meant to be a Bigelow Kamala, which they cut for time constraints. <laughs> but they gave the Head Shrinkers time and they gave Razor Ramon time, which we'll get on later. Yeah, but Sensational Sherry looks, you know, looks all right. And as here's your interesting trivia. It's the first WWF pay per view appearance for Luna, but it's the final pay per view appearance for Sensational Sherry. Ah. Up until I think she came back for the whole sexy Kurt make your ankle hurt. The Kurt angle. I don't know if she was on pay per view then, probably not. But... No. No, I won't have seen that. I will have to look at. I'll try to. I will have to try and look up for just this. It was on. It was on, a, it was on the episode of SmackDown. I think he comes like Kurt Angle comes out in like the chaps and stuff. Oh right. And he yeah. starts singing how he's just a sexy Kurt, and she goes, "Sexy Kurt, <laughs> I'll make your ankle hurt." And then she goes, "Ankle hurt," puts him in the ankle lock. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look that shit up. But yeah, to tag her in the ring. Built like a brick shit out. It's well, it's one of them. He's like sort of fat muscular, isn't he? Yeah, he's fat muscular rather than actual sort of like conditioned and what have you. You say and he's undefeated at this point. Still undefeated at this point, yeah. Yeah. 
Which, which sort of gives you that belief of going into that he's going to probably win the match. But then, as they always do with uh, someone undefeated streak, there's always going to be some sort of fuck finish. Oh, well, we'll get on to that later. <laughs> but, oh, God. Um, I quite enjoyed this match, in a, in a way. I thought it was, what, it was it's one of the few... It, it, it follows on from Mania 33, where the, the best match was on first. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, one of. I mean... I don't think this is the best match of the night, but it's a great fucking match. It's a good start off for the show. I mean, it, it it's in a way it's a fucking cock tease because it's like this is this match. You 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 hype for WrestleMania. Look at this match. This is great, isn't it? And then it takes your feet from underneath you. <laughs> it starts basically. It, it, it reaches into your pants, starts fumbling your balls, and then she gets a coat on and goes out the room. That's what basically this match is. Coxies of the highest order. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it gets, it gets you in the mood. It starts fondling, you know. Practically a ball here or there. Then she goes, I'll just hang on a minute. Puts a coat on. Next thing you know, she's in the car going home. That's what this match is. <laughs> <laughs> basically. Either that or she goes out and a ruggly sister walks in. Fucking hell. <laughs> But yeah, um, this match was great. I think it told a good story up throughout, you know, working the, sh- the shoulder. Yeah, he spends a lot of time working the shoulder on this match because it was, um, as Bobby Heenan points out later on, um, they were in a six-man tag together or something and he, Shawn Michaels dislocated his shoulder, I think, from not from Tatanka, but it's in the match with Tatanka. He dislocated his shoulder or something mm. and Tatanka sort of, Sticks with that shoulder, but then um, just sort of jumped to later on in the match. Shawn Michaels doesn't really sell it much, and that sort of killed this match for me a bit. Yeah, he's he sort right. of he sells it when he wants to sell it. When it, you know, oh, I got a minute. There's a bit here. I've got to, you know, got to waste a bit of time here. I'll sell the shoulder, you know. But like all all of his offense, obviously, well, you know, it wasn't all Shawn Michaels at this point. He wasn't power, obviously, so you can get away with it in a way. But obviously, when you you put in like Tanker's obviously going for like submissions and things like that, he's you know it's targeting the shoulder, but he doesn't sell that he's in a lot of pain. Not really. This is, this is a problem I have with this match. It's 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 one of them. It's like another one. It's like um, like how people say like WrestleMania three. Oh, that's beautiful. Then that was an awesome arm drag off the top rope. I mean, Sean dived at him and then just. Um, okay. It's one of them. It's like WrestleMania three. Like people say, like uh, Steamboat Savage is a great match. Mm. Fucking I hell! Love, I love that fall. Then yeah. top to the chest. Fuck it! I'm just gonna Ric Flair it. Yeah, <laughs> Ric Flair um, up over the top. Then we have a valet stare down. Nothing happened. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's like Steamboat Savage was like. You can tell they pretty much they had it down to a T choreographed. Mm. Um. And it's all that similar thing of like, I can't where I'm going with this context now, but it's <laughs> something to do with that anyway. And it being like, the fact he's selling it when he wants to sell it. Yeah, it's as like, and when he can be arsed. He sells it midway from the match, and then towards the end of the match, doesn't really sell it much because he's meant to be. It's not even a comeback, it's like a half ass comeback, but like, you'd surely, your shoulder be knackered at this point. This is it. We've got Tatanka here that's not letting him back in the ring. Ref's 
I don't know if the ref's even bothered counting. But I think we're setting up for a top rope sunset flip. Which is iffy if as fuck. Yeah, it's... There we go. Ew, oh. not nice. He pretty much the tank pretty much lands on fucking Shawn Michaels' knee. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the time someone, I think it was Matt Hardy or someone, like when he was Fat Hardy, mm. tried to do like a sunset flip powerbomb on someone and pretty much just sort of fucked it. And the guy sort of like, it was like that Virgil Canadian display where you can tell the opponent did all the work and still, <laughs> still shit on it. <laughs> oh, God, anything Virgil did though, Jesus Christ, fucking hellfire. <laughs> I mean, we saw that match in Blackpool where he had a fucking hell. Yeah. Where he, he had one move and fucked the finish. So, so yeah, we've got um, to tag with a nice DDT. But he's selling the shoulder now. I thought the pace of the show match is fairly slow overall. He had obviously bits, bursts of speed here or there, but I think that was more the style of the time, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's sort of, I don't want to say peak Sean, but it's Sean at part of his best uh, in terms of his ring ability. Yeah. Because um, I think this is around the time, like, I think before Diesel and that came in. Yeah, they weren't around. Um, I mean, he had Razor Ramon. So, and you, you, I don't know if the one, two, three kid was in at this point. I don't think he was, was he? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he would have been because he was on the first episode of Raw. Ah, yeah. yeah. Possibly then. So, yeah, Sean's now selling the left shoulder, which, you know, was, you know he is as he dislocated. Um. But yeah, um, it's quite back and forth from this point on, isn't it? You know, and there's a lot of back and forth. Uh, I don't know if it's been covered yet or not. There's a na- nice cross body power slam counter by Tonga for a two at one point. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> Bobby Heenan just chimes in with kick, kick him, kick him. Yeah, that was it. Goes for a top rope cross body two count. Yeah, but that's after a comeback by Tatanka, which I called him tatting up. He's tatting up. He's tatting up. Um, is that always his little rain dance? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's tatting up. He does the crossbody. He gets a near fall. Um, I also thought that there was a really nice spot later on as well um, where there was a, like a drop kick counted into a catapult. Which looks sick as I fuck. Can't. I might have been typing at that point. <laughs> I can't remember it. <laughs> I think it was like a drop kick. It was sort of, I don't know. Obviously, it was something. It was like a modified drop kick. Right. And it got counted into like a catapult into ah, the turnbuckle. It was fucking lovely. Um, But then you also have a spot later on where Shawn Michaels is on the top rope and Tatanka counters a dive into a power slam. Yeah, that was the point. I, I really liked that bit. Yeah. Um, And I think that, that sort of follows up later on with, with the kick him, kick him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a kick in. I remember that. Yeah, so. But there was a lot of rest holds in this match, a lot of obviously selling of the arm. It is. I want to say it is also the the second longest match on the card. Mm. For the opener. 
Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think the only one longer than that was a Hogan match, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, so... Yeah, they had this, and eventually, I think the two valets do get physical, and Valet just kicks a... Um, Luna just kicks the seven shades of shit out of um, Sensational Sherry, I believe. Yeah. But I think, um... it, I think it was post-match. Yeah, there's a, they do a whole thing post match where she like she slams her on the outside of the ring. Mm. But then there's a as I found out there's a bit on the Coliseum home video, the, that version, where it shows her getting attacked backstage afterward as well. Oh yeah, we don't but see that. It's not on the network version, and I've not watched my DVD version to see if it's on there or not. Right. I wouldn't. I don't know if it runs that silver vision, so it could be on there if it's the old Coliseum Masters. Possibly. But I'm not sure. Possibly. But yeah, well, shall we move on to the finish of the match? Yeah, let's go for that. Um, well, Michaels just Shawn Michaels randomly out of the fucking nowhere just grabs the ref and pulls him out of the ring. Well, he um, this is actually improvised from what I've read. Uh, yeah. Essentially, he was he knew he was going to get get back in the ring for the ten count. Um, so which was a mistake. So he he. Improvised by tripping the ref and pulls him outside to warrant a DQ. Mm. Um, but however, Fingus Maximus still announces that Tatonka is victorious via a countout. Oops. And as I noted, good match, shit finish. Yeah, Tatonka wins by a DQ. Yeah, not fuck count finish. out DQ. Wins, wins by fuck finish in eighteen thirteen. Yeah, I put three out of five. Good start, good match. If a bit slow, crap finish, spoilt it a bit. See, I was generous and gave it three and a half. Mm. You see, it was all right. It was a few. It was a bit sloppy in places, but overall, it was it was well executed, and the the, the valets got booked well. Yeah. Um, Tatanka looked a beast. It was one of them though. They didn't have any valets having a bloody cat fight or scrapping or whatever at any point. No. Right. Well, this is it. So... They, they were, they were non physical, but were used perfectly until obviously afterwards, but. Tatanka looked a million fucking dollars in this match. Absolutely looked a million dollars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tatanka looked awesome in it. Shawn Michaels looked like Shawn Michaels. Enough <laughs> said, really. It was. I hope he looks like Shawn Michaels. Well, <laughs> unless he's like imposter Shawn Michaels. Poundland Shawn Ma- Michaels. Michael, Michael Shawns. Yeah, yeah, Michael Shawns. But <laughs> uh, just the uh, other side note, this was Tatanka's last WrestleMania until WrestleMania 32. Mm. He was in the Andre Battle Royal. Yeah, and he still looks like he could fucking go. He still competes pretty regularly from yeah. what I'm uh, aware. Yeah, he's on the he, indie scene, isn't he? He, can, he he was appearing over here a lot at one point, mm. like for all that old star and stuff. So, Get down. Yeah. But yeah, he's a good guy. He looked fucking great. So but we'll he... jump to our next match, which is... Uh, the Steiner Brothers versus the Head Shrinkers. And they had an interview which basically said fucking nothing. <laughs> basically. We're having a match. We're going to win. We're having a match. We'll make Julius Caesar proud. Okay, you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we never see Julius Caesar again. Head Shrinkers are yeah. in the ring without an entrance, really. Jobber entrance. Jobber entrance, indeed. This is um, Rikishi, isn't it? Yep. Rikishi. Making his WrestleMania debut as Fatu. As Fatu, yeah. And Samu, who... <laughs> what did he do? Not much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no interruption, because he got Fatu... Yeah. And he obviously got Scott Hall. And... Scott Hall? A spoiler. 
Uh, Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner coming out. In their Michigan varsity jackets. Oh, yes. This is before um, Big Papa Pump and the dog, was it, uh, the dog, dog face, dog face gremlin, the dog face gremlin. Eye. But he's still um, barking, <laughs> as you do. No, no one knows why. No, it's like Rick. You got this gimmick, okay? But then just sticks with the same gimmick. Yeah, you just don't take your meds. <laughs> uh, other tidbit for this match: uh, it's referee Bill Alfonso. Yeah, I thought that uh, ECW oh. fame. I thought it was Bill Alfonso. Yeah. I just don't recognize, didn't recognize him with a fucking, without a fucking whistle. Um, what else? This this is the only WrestleMania to feature either of the Stanley Brothers. Ah, as they went back to the WCW in 1996. Uh, but of course, Scott Scott Steiner came back in 2003, but he was injured for WrestleMania 19 and 20. That's shit. That's a shit. That's a shitter, isn't it? It is. Gee, I wonder if the card was any better or any worse for him not being there. <laughs> not really. Maybe I had a hundred and sixty eight percent chance of not being on that card. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> of course the head shrinkers, day one ish. Yes, day one ish. That's what they should do. The, the uh, Usos, if the Usos gimmicks will just, you know, if the gimmick just fails now, let's give it. Just be a head shrinkers too. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Why not? Fuck it. You know, you might as well. Might actually get on WrestleMania that time. <laughs> now, nah, to be fair, they deserve it. They need. They deserve to get on. Yes, they deserve that on the card. Yeah. No, but they are it, the the Usos are main card material for Mania. Let's be honest. Well, I've got a feeling it's going to be the uh, cruiserweight match will be on the, the pre-show. Yeah, I agree. And maybe the Andre Battle Royal, where it should be. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I thought the, in this obviously the Fatu Samu. I thought they were actually pretty good. You know, for what they were, how they were booked, what the whole style it was. Just for, a how typical... booked, for how they booked it, it was fine. It's sort of that typical Samoan booking, though, of like, right, We're you if you punch him or headbutt him, it has no effect. Mm. And they can just sort of throw you about and shit. And... It's like a Pokemon battle. Yeah. You headbutt them, it's, <laughs> it's not very effective. <laughs> so it had no effects. They do one move. One hit KO! Yeah. So, is it Samu does like a sort of mini flip um, off a clothesline. Samu? Yeah. It's one of them. It's one of them, yes. Oh, no, it's Fatu. Is that Fatu? Fatu's in currently. See, I was struggling during this match, because obviously this is not, you know, racist or anything, but I couldn't tell them apart at some points. But saying that, that seems to be sort of a Samoa thing, because there to be a lot of twins that look the same. Yeah, it's twin magic. Yeah, twin magic. You can look, <laughs> but you can't touch. Um, but yeah, I was going by what was written on the trunks, basically. Well... As I as I was sort of quick to know, it's like this is Scott Steiner when he can actually wrestle and wasn't just belly to belly suplexes and the, the Steiner recliner. Yeah, our thoughts. Um, he, he used the word wrestle very loosely. No, he was pretty talented at this point. Mm. Like he could actually have a decent match. Uh, that fucking missile, whatever it was meant to be, though, was the dog was dog shit. Yeah. Let's be honest. Because he dived and then sort of stood up halfway through it. 
So it just basically turned into a running clothesline. <laughs> and then you got the Samoan sort of smash your heads together, to, you know. It's, uh... Also, Steiner's gear appears to be inspiration for uh, American Alpha. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is American Alpha 20 odd year ago. It's American Alpha 1.0. Yeah. 0.5. But yeah, we have, we have Rick Steiner in the ring. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just hard move after hard move, isn't it? You know, well, it's, it's, very, it's, it's, a, it's a very heavy hitting match. For me, it's a standard, like, big man v big man tag match. They're just sort of. They're going through the motions. They're getting the shit in. And just. There's not really much else. No, it's to a very Blair sort of match. It's not anything, nothing really happens. You get a few big it's, moves. It's forgettable, and you can tell it's, you can tell it was booked so like this was no well, not even little. There was no build to it. It's literally just Steiner's head shrinkers. Why? Because it's mania. Yeah, fuck it. We need space to fill. Pretty much. Um, on that note, um, we have um, yeah. A bit of a sort of like a hot tag sort of thing for Scott Steiner. As you can tell, I'm struggling for things to say about this match. <laughs> but that was fucking brutal, though. There was a bit, there's a spot where Scott Steiner goes over the top rope, basically head first. It looked like it was meant to be a, um, like a throat drop or whatever mm. and then the other head swing he just pulled the rope down so he flew over it yeah it looked fun it looked fucked up it looked like he just fucking pretty much landed head first on the mat on the outside in other words fuck that noise yep um then to add into injury uh, what's his name smashes him with whatever that fucking stick is some sort of sick yeah stick, even <laughs> But yeah, um, there was an I could say, um, sort of like a Rick Steiner at one point was talking, picking up a spot, picking out a spot now, really, because there's not much else to really talk about. There was a spot where Rick Steiner was, they were going to do the Doomsday Device to Rick Steiner. Yeah, I know it this. And um, Rick Steiner somehow counters it from his shoulder into like a slam. I noted it as a power slam, but then like the the commentators say it's a black body slam because he sort of does try and catch him and drop him. Yeah, so, enough. Some, I, this is why I was unsure. I just put the word slam. <laughs> I, look, it, to me, it was it, it was impressive. Yeah, um, potentially fucking dangerous, but it was impressive and it went oh, well pretty well. Um, I'm going to move on to the end of the match, I think, because I'm struggling to stuff to say about this match. It was that unforget. It was that forgettable. It was bleh, like I say. Yeah. Um, Scott Steiner gets in and w- hits a Frankensteiner. Standing Frankensteiner. Standing Frankensteiner for the free count, and I can't remember who it was too. I think it was Fatu. I want. I want to say Fatu because he sort of flips himself over because Steiner doesn't get all the way over or he, yeah. he misses him or something and then but he, you can see him do the yeah, it wasn't, himself over. It wasn't the most well executed <laughs> sort of Frankensteiner ever yeah. done. Um, then, uh, so Steiner gets the win in fourteen twenty two. 
yeah, I wish I could get 14 minutes of that life back, if I'm brutally mm-hmm. honest. It wasn't great. It served its purpose for a bit of a fucking space fill, if I'm brutally honest. But the thing is, the matter this pay-per-view is not even three hours long. Do you need a space filler? No. This is my point. Why is this match on the card? So, I put two out of five. Couldn't get, I couldn't get into the match. I just could not get into it at all. There, nothing. Uh, it, it was doing nothing for me. It was just like I say. It was. It, it, you would. This would not be out of place on a Monday Night Raw. Yeah. At all, it would not be out of place on Monday Night Raw. But it'd be about five minutes shorter. Yeah, it would be five minutes shorter. <laughs> um, it was slow in parts. A couple of good spots. Two in- intense tag teams. And I expected more when I saw who was in the ring. Um, I didn't expect a little bit more. Uh, it's one of them. Yeah, two out of five. No, I think that was pretty much its ballpark, really. I don't know, because it's limited what you can do with, like, um, sort of these Samoan gimmicks and stuff. It's like, again, going into it in no build. Mm. Uh, what can you really do with it? Like, there's no belts on the line. I don't even know when this match was. It was probably announced like the bloody day before or something. Daft. Would shot me. Fucking that. Right. The, 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 on the program before it, maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I say, two out of five served its purpose. It was a waste of space. <laughs> so, yeah. Moving on to our next match. We've got Crush versus Doink. Doink versus. Yeah, Doink versus um, Crush. Well, it goes from one to another, doesn't it, really? (laughs) (sighs) I'll be honest with you, there wasn't much of note again in this match, apart from the end. Yeah. It was basically Crush knocks fuck out of Doink for about five minutes. Not even that, maybe. Um, Pretty much it, basically. You know, Crush knocks fuck out of Doink. Doink fights back a little bit. Crush gets back on top and knocks the fuck out of Doink. <laughs> Man walks past the hard cam with his thumbs up in the air. And that's it. That was the highlight of the match. The man going, hey! It was, um... <laughs> this was another, um... Sort of could have been done on Raw or something at the time. Like... Wouldn't have lost anything from it. Wouldn't have gained anything from it. Like, nah. like this pay per view. Um, that mullet's impressive, though. <laughs> that fucking mullet is impressive. <laughs> this is also the the first ever pay per view match for Doink the Clown. Oh yeah. Um, but as I've noted, <laughs> Crush in nineties neon, bright neon colours. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Lion King. But I think Lion King came out after this. Yeah, ninety. Six ninety seven. Yeah, fucking so. Crush was fucking before his time. Well, as I noted, Crush, Crush looks like a cross between an advert for a fruit drink and an American Gladiators reject. <laughs> right, umbongo, umbongo. <laughs> well, there was actually, I think, sure there was actually a drink in America called Crush at the time. Right, it was out. I think it was out in this country as well. Possibly rings a bell. Did it have jelly in it? Not sure. I remember there was a drink and it came in a cart and had a little tiny chunks of jelly in it. Yeah, I think I remember having that one. Yeah, it was it fucking disgusting. I think it was called Crush. Oh, so it was something else that was fucking disgusting. Well, yeah, Doink just gets Crush to chase him around the ring and gets caught and then just gets his fucking shit kicked in. 
basically. This, this match actually had a bit of build to it, though. Oh, yeah. This actually had a bit of build, uh, and it was a... They were feuding since January, so they've had two months to build or whatever. On an episode of Superstars, uh, after Crush's match, he confronted Doink, who had thrown a ball at a child. Fucking hell. Crush, gra- Crush grabbed, grabbed Dink by the arm and warned him not to play any more tra- on him, put any more pranks on children. <laughs> Which is always the way to go. Yeah, tell a uh, tell a tell a clown not to entertain a child. He's he, so, he, he's he's confusing him with it, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like when when Doink had gone evil. He was like evil Doink. Evil Doink. Evil. He was it the clown. Yeah. Um. So Doink wearing a cat. He was wearing a cast because apparently Crush had injured him on his arm or something. Uh. Like he came out to apologise to Crush, and then he removed the. He was like a prosthetic arm and attacked Crush with it. Yes, I enjoyed that little bit of promo because it had a little bit of build up in the intro to this match. There was sort of like a interview sort of thing, and you saw the footage of Doink taking the prosthetic arm off and just knocking fuck out of Crush with it. Yeah, and I thought you'd never get away with that nowadays. I don't think you'd ever get away with that. Um, I thought I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I think you'd get away with it, mm. just depending on how well it was done. True, crush no selling. <sighs> and even the cameramen are in bloody togas. Yeah, camera poor fuckers. Oh if he got a pay rise for that, <laughs> no, fucking right, they didn't. Uh, so yeah, at this point, crush was too was injured, so he couldn't take part in the ninety three rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, but Doink continues pranks by squirting Crush with a water pistol and recording video messages to Crush, which showed three Doinks on the screen. Hmm. So they're teasing something there. Gee, I wonder what it could be. <laughs> um, I noticed the announcers were really trying to put Doink over in this as like a credible threat, even though he is getting his fucking shit kicked in for seventy-five percent of this match. And as a heel, that's not tends to be a good thing. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's against like a six foot seven, six foot eight bloody hulking beast of a man with like a a bear gut. Yeah. In bright neon colours. Yeah. I am called Crush. I will crush you with my oversized belly. (laughs) I will crush you with my oversized mullet. (laughs) The combined weights. I can crush planets with my mullets. Well, of course, uh, he's got, Crush has the, the head crusher finisher, whatever mm. it's called. I've just realised he looks a bit like an early 90s Pat Sharp. <laughs> like he's going to appear on Funhouse. <laughs> I can say, nowadays we've got Nikki Bella and um, Brie Bella. Back then they had Melly and Martina. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, dear me. Of course, if you're listening to America and have no idea what Funhouse is, just Google it. And, in, and then thank us. Yeah. Because it was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to do them go-karts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Looking at it now, that track's probably like tiny as fuck. Oh yeah, it's tiny as fuck. Right. I still want to do it. So. But it, you, you got encouraged to drive slowly, which was weird. I didn't. I don't. You know, pick up the towel cans. 
Yeah. Oh, Power know. Driver. Back to the match anyway. Power Driver by the week, which was eh. But yeah, um, I'm reading through my notes now. Again, very, very average match. A very average match, even. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, yeah. The only plus I ever think of this match was the fact they had a bit of build to it. Yeah, it had a bit of a story to it. It was, it did all right storytelling wise. I mean, you no matter what you know, Doik is obviously supposed to be like this sort of like psychological sort of character in the WWE. You know, he's supposed to be able to play mind games and things like that. And it told the story pretty well because you could beat the shit out of Doik as much as you want. He's always got a plan. He's always got one step ahead. Yeah. And I did enjoy that sort of factor with it because as it came in, it factored in with the finish. With, um, obviously, you know, I'll read what I've put. I said, Red Ring of Ref by Doik. Yeah. Takes out the ref. Goes under the ring. Um, what was I put? Goes under, but stopped. Crush gets back on. God gets back on top, but then crushes. Um, crows to crush Doik's head. Yeah, his finisher. To which point, Doik two comes into the ring, nails um, Crush with the cast. Yeah, um, two on one attack. Nice, and there was a nice mirror image spot where mm. they copied each other's movements. Like mocking. Right. Um, to which point they um, do the free count. Yeah, I think this uh, is the point. Oh, it goes for it first time. But yeah, I think this is pretty much the end of the match here because I think Doit takes out the ref now. Um, Yeah, there's something... Oh, here we go. Is it? No. No. Goes for the crush. Do he gets up? Oh, it goes for the maneuver now. Red ring of of ref. Yeah, red ring of ref right there. (laughs) Sprawled out across the ring like he's just been shot in the face. Do it goes under the ring. Stops him. Gets pulled out. And I think he goes back into the ring to do his finisher. And then Doink 2 comes and fucking kills him. With the cast. Nice mirror image spot. And get your free count. Now put for the match. Uh, 2 out of 5. So I gave it 2. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Doink gets the win in 8.28. Seemed longer. Well, as I noted, nothing to write home about, but at least this match has some build to it. Yeah, and this is, <laughs> may again, nothing of note except the ending. I mean, like you say, here comes Doink 2 with the cast and Kabalam. Just beat the Which, shit out uh, of it. From what I've researched, there was uh, an original planned finish. Which was Crush was going to put the head vice finisher on. Uh, Doink was then to activate a mechanism around his waist which would trigger tubes hidden inside a false compartment attached to his head. 
multicolored matter would explode ten feet out in different directions from the top of Doink's head, blinding Crush and costing him the match. And However, the front row. these plans were cancelled. Where the where the stunt guys, Dave Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer newsletter beforehand. <laughs> so now Doink Two is hiding, and there you have your second fuck finish of the night. <laughs> this is that, and that's that. Yep. On to our next, well, straight on to our next match because that match was nothing again. But to before we start, yep. This what if you go? There's a, a moment where there's an interview going round. I I I recognise this interview as the cunt interview of the show. The cunt interviewer of the show. Todd Todd Passingill. Whatever his name is, is yeah. a twat. Um, clearly blatant racist segment here. Where yes, they ask, uh... where they ask the Japanese guys, is what are your particles? WWE number one, and that's all they can say. Fucking hell! <laughs> I thought, oh, cringe. WrestleMania number one. <laughs> it's like, oh no! Oh, they, you also check they go Caesar's Palace number one as well. Oh yeah, Caesar's Palace number one. <laughs> Like, oh. Yes, yeah, so I got Razor Ramon versus Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund's mania debut after an eight-year hiatus. Eesh. You poor fucker. <laughs> Out to no music in a random US jacket, US flag jacket even. Because he's going against a Cuban. <laughs> going against a Cuban in America, but then the fans seem to be more behind. Razor than they are Bob Backlund. Yeah, because Razor's going to kick his fucking head off. Well, not even that. It's the fact like Bob Backlund, like the old American, mm. he's been away for eight years. Yeah, he was relevant in the like the seventies and eighties. No, mm. it's ninety-three. How old is he with this now? About forty-three or something. I think so. Yeah. Well, we've got a young Scott Hall here. Oh, sorry. Keefe broken. <laughs> but yeah, Razor goading him. But yeah, this match does not last long. Well, I've noticed there seems to be, again, there's no build to this match either. I don't know why it's on the card. No, right. it's, it's a waste of space when it could have given to something else. Like, you know, fucking Bam Bam Bigelow, maybe. <laughs> and Kamala. Yeah. Two actual characters. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this fucking waste of space. But yeah, you got uh, Razor just shoving Bob into cor- into the corners. Well, this is like 95% bloody Razor. And then absolutely a few hip tosses and stuff from Bob Backlund sort of showing you how out of touch he is with bloody wrestling at the time. Mm-hmm. Because I think he di- he disappeared in that. This was what ninety three, so it would have been eighty four, eighty five. Something like that. Yeah, point. it would have been a long while ago. But it was just it was just before he this, did he actually have this uh, actual run? Um, I know he got, to, he got to be world heavyweight champion, didn't he, for a little while? Yeah, but that's when he lost in like nine seconds to Diesel. Yeah. Um. I think that's because people actually started getting behind him, but 
it was like still even here. He's like, he's in just like red trunks. No music, no one, no character, no one cares. Yeah, right. it was like, who the fuck are you? I mean, the most this time it was mostly aimed at kids, and kids were like, who the fuck's this guy? It's like, you know, he's not, he's not been around longer than I've been alive. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it? You have to be at least, like, you know, last, probably an actual grown-ass man at this point here to be like, you know, I actually remember his last match. Yeah. There's probably a few people in the crowd that do remember his last match. Well, if, there will if be. they saw it, but of course that was like before paper actual pay per view. Yeah, this is it. Because WrestleMania one was closed circuit. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, pop back with some like hip tosses, like you say. That one where like people lands on his head. Yeah, that was half Razor's fault. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, he does like late try and leap with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Razor, essentially, um, nothing else really to say this match. Razor gets equipped with him with a small package in 345. Yep, signed, sealed, and delivered. That's for you, Bunkle. <laughs> Man down. Uh, yep. So I gave it one star. No build. Backland does no character, and no one cares. Yeah. I put one, one, and a half, one and a half out of five. What did you put it? Sorry, one. 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 I gave and one and a generous. half. Yeah. One and a half, hardly a match. Ray's looked like a bitch in parts. And just wasn't very good. Very missable match. So in other words, just don't if you got you're watching it, don't watch it. If you're watching this match, it's pointless. Yep. Basically. So yeah, it was one of them. And signed scene and delivered. Yeah, so we're going into the next match. Uh, we're looking for it on the net on the network. Hulk Hogan has been removed. There's no timestamp. There's no timestamp for Hulk Hogan. Which is really weird. Who else is in the match? You've got IRS. You've got IRS and uh, Brutus Beefcake. Yeah, so I wonder what... Yeah, it's got to be Hogan then, hasn't it? Must be. So here you've got um, Daddy, Bre- Bre- Daddy Wyatt there. Was known as IRS. Oh, here we go. Hulk Hogan with a whopping great big fucking black eye. <laughs> and <laughs> Bruce BK looking like a gay cane. <laughs> uh, so as I noticed, noticed oh, in this match... Rest, oh, rest in my bed. <laughs> I'm going to tombstone you. <laughs> uh, Matt Osborne... Stated in an interview at one point, a radio interview, that Doug the Clown was supposed to feud with Hulk Hogan leading up to a match at WrestleMania 9, but Hogan turned down the idea. Creative control. Uh, this match was originally also supposed to be between the blow off feud between Money Inc. and the Nasty Boys, but they were taken off the card and replaced by Hogan and Beefcake. For reasons. No one knows. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's the final pay per view appearance of Brutus Beefcake. And I don't think he was missed, was he, really? Nope. And the first little smars happens while Hulk Hogan's theme is still going on. (laughs) Okay, so, of course, Hogan, as you mentioned before, has a black eye. Now, according to his autobiography, 
the injury was from a jet ski accident a few days earlier. Apparently, he was able to convince doctors that his injury was a work, so they would let him perform. Oh. Uh, however, in a radio interview, Matt Osborne also disputed this, saying Hogan actually got the black eye and Randy Savage punched him in the face backstage. <laughs> Wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, well, so Hogan's over as fuck, as per. Is this Hogan's last WrestleMania before he jumped? Yeah, he won the belt here, and then he didn't appear again until Mania 18. Oh, so was he stripped of so, the belt or something? No, he lost it at SummerSlam? No, it was King of the Ring, I think. It was when he lost it, because he lost it to Yoko at King of the Ring. Oh, okay. 93, I want to say. Uh, but I'll jump on that later. Aye. Um... So, of course, this feud stands back to 1990, which is a legit power scene accident, where Bruce, Brutus Beefcake was forced to undergo reconstructive surgery. He was unable to wrestle until the 15th of February ni- uh, 1993 episode of Raw, so a three-year absence from wrestling. Fuck. Uh, he faced DiBiase in his return match, um, after which DiBiase and IRS attacked him. And... Uh... So, this that leads to uh, Jimmy Hart at the time, who was teaming, who was like managing Money Inc., sort of uh, stepped in the way of them hitting him in the face with a briefcase and saying he'd had a change of heart, turning face in the process. (laughs) (coughs) Um, Yeah. So, of course, shortly after that, Hogan returns to the F and joins with Beefcake and with uh, Jimmy Hart forming the Mega Maniacs and challenging Money Inc. for the belts. Aye, out of nowhere, really. But it's, I was going to say, it's a rarity that Hogan at this era was not part of the main event. Oh, we'll get on to that later. <laughs> well, this is the only Mania match, I believe, where Hogan is challenged for the tag belts. Ah. So... But yes, um, it was a bit of a it was pretty it was a bit of a fucking clusterfuck this match, wasn't it? It was all over the shop. Yeah, just a bit. It was right. It was hard to follow at times. I mean, they're obviously targeting Brutus because Brutus took a lot of the bumps in this match. I noticed Hogan barely bumped to begin with. It's one of those sort of standard things, though, of like we'll work over. Work over one, the less popular guy, for the more popular guy. Yeah. So when the more popular guy comes in, he gets a bigger reaction. True. Um, again, going back to Hogan's eye, apparently he was explaining the storyline as uh, Ted DiBiase hiring a group of men to attack Hogan before his match. <laughs> so, But in reality, there's a theory that Ho- Randy Savage punched Hogan because he believed uh, he was having an affair with Elizabeth at the time. Oh, lovely. So. Was that that's, that was, was that proven wrong? Um, I think it's one that was still open to debate, but mm-hmm. it's the the WWF at the time was saying like, yeah, it was a jet ski accident. So, mm, got to, got, you got they've got to. I mean, it was PG and they can't be saying, oh yeah, Hulk Hogan got it because he was slipping his dick in Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> you know, he can't he can't really be saying that. Yeah. So it's like the whole thing about was it Chris Candido and Shawn Michaels with Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so this is also the final WrestleMania to feature Ted DiBiase, IRS, and Brutus as wrestlers. Mm. Uh, I think it was DiBiase. Well, I'm become a manager at this point. I think he can. I think he continued wrestling, possibly. I think probably part time. But yeah, it was more of a manager, wasn't he, at this point? Yeah. Uh, Bruce Pritchard said he pitched an idea for Hogan as well as have a program with Dustin Rhodes. All oh, right. But Hogan uh, turned the idea down. And he wasn't a fan of it. Oh, this was before, pre-Gold Dust, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Ah. But yeah, Hogan in the ring now, he's just basically just dominating. Yeah. As he usually does. <laughs> as I also noted, Brutus looks like a camp UK family fam- family-friendly American wrestling show Kane. Yes, he does. <laughs> Brutus Beefcake as Kane. Minus the copyrighted gear. <laughs> Minus the copyrighted gear and the fact he's like, I couldn't do like black and black and red tights, so I had to go for red and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Hulk Kane. <laughs> Brutus Kane. Brutus Kane. And of course, uh, Hogan had been out since WrestleMania 8 at this point, so it's like he'd been off for like a year. Well, they came back after nine, eleven months. Yeah, doing the, under- the whole. Do- it was a steroid scandal. Oh yes, I was going to say, um, was, was he doing the Undertaker schedule at this time? But he was, he, roi- he was, he was, he was proper roided up, wasn't he? So well, he's part of the steroid scandal, so he sort of took a year off to get away from the news, mm. um, and that caused faxes into him not coming back till February '93 to fall the megamaniacs. This is it. I mean, he's still big here, but you can tell he's not as fucking. Roided to fuck as he was in the past, mm. you know. So, Jesus, yeah, just Hulk is just standing mm. in the middle of the ring, and just everyone's just fucking well, flying at him. As I noted, it's standard Hogan match, not much in terms of fancy moves. He gets his shit in, there's nothing up mouth, must just say. Pretty much, it's more about the fucking to- to- uh, posing and taunting, isn't it, Hogan? As per fucking usual. Mm. But this is like, say, we've we've had one really good. Hulk Hogan match. And yeah. this is a bog standard Hulk Hogan match. Now we get this BS. Um... They go for the BS finish. Well, it's not even the BS finish, it's a BS change of match halfway through where Money, where money Inc. start walking off. And then, fucking for some reason, Hulkus Maximus. What's his name? Finkus Maximus. Finkus Maximus um, <laughs> announces that if they, they get disqualified, they lose the belts as Belts as well. Yeah. Just out of fucking nowhere. Um, but yeah. Because apparently, apparently the ref now can attach stipulations to the match. Bullshit. <laughs> even, Ho- even Heenan pulls it up. And yeah. he's, the fu- he's the fucking heel commentator. You know, it's like, well, hang on a minute. He's pulling up how much bullshit this is. For the heel side. <laughs> it's like, though, when um, there's a WCW pay-per-view, it's like Terry Funk and Dustin Rhodes. And he, uh, like, Terry Funk keeps changing the match. He's like, now it's going to be a last man standing. Now it's going to be an eye quick match. The, re- the reference is about this. It's like, you can't keep changing it. I think that would be quite a cool little gimmick sort of thing. Maybe sort of a match where the gimmick changes every five, ten minutes. Well, they, they sort of did that with the Duchess of Queensbury Rules match, didn't mm. they? Uh, 
like Jericho has like Regal in the walls of Jericho, and then she announces like uh, no submissions allowed or something. The match was won by cannot cannot be won by submission. The match not be won by count out. The match not be won by pinfall. And it's like for fuck's sake. <laughs> How can you win it then? Just kill him. Yeah, just 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 knock the, knock the, the match cannot be won by death. Yeah, you get a disqualification <laughs> loss. <laughs> but yeah, oh my fucking so, god, Hulk. Hogan selling. See, Hogan selling gave me an allergic reaction. Well, of course we have to know. DBRC and uh, IRS got back to the ring before the ten counts. They wouldn't lose the belts. A very quick ten count, might have. Yeah. And uh, now it's the usual of like work on work over Hogan, so BK gets a breather. Yeah, pretty much. We've heel tactics like with the choking with the tag rope, things like that. Well, we get to a point later on where uh, they remove the Cade mask. Oh, yeah, he yeah. stops beating the shit out of him. They take the Cade mask off and start kicking the fuck out of him. Um, and you get a red ring of ref, and then, of course, Hogan recovers, cleans house with the the face mask. But the ref is still red ringing, yeah. which all leads towards the end, where Jimmy Hart turned his jacket inside out. And, oh, look, he's got a ref jacket on. Mm-hmm. Some, some, but it's black and white, whereas the current refs are wearing like the blue shirt, and the bow tie. Yeah, it's, he's wearing zebra mm-hmm. stripes. But yeah, um, apparently, like I say Earl Hebner disqualifies Hulk Hogan, and was it? No, they don't Hulk Hogan disqualifies Money Inc. Doesn't he? No, uh, Danny Davis comes out. Oh, Danny Davis and some... DQs Hogan for using the face mask as a weapon. Oh yeah, Deco's Hogan, yeah, for using the face mask as a weapon, yeah. So again, another fuck finish. Um, yeah, Hart throws a ref out the ring, basically, Jimmy Hart, um, for basically doing that. But yeah, in a way, he was right. It was the right refereeing decision. <laughs> so, fuck you. Um, <laughs> well, of course, you get the, the yeah, standard Hogan send the fans home happy finish. Yeah. Where they open Iris's briefcase, find some tax return forms, and then find a wad of money. Yeah. And a brick. Yeah. Random probably. brick. A random brick and some, a brick of money, which they then throw into the crowd. Mm. Well, I've put, for the whole match itself, I'll put it, to be fair, this match grabbed me. Yeah. It got me to watch it, and I did watch it, and I sort of enjoyed it. Did say I was having the party of my life, it was the time of my life, you know. <laughs> I just, it was alright. It was a three out of five for me. Um, entertaining enough. I didn't even rate it. Did you not? Uh, oh, I forgot to. Oh dear. <laughs> but yeah, I gave it three out of five. Entertaining enough match. Shame about the shitty ending as the match had it told a decent story. It told an okay story. Told um, an okay story, but it's, for me, it's a standard Hogan. Yeah, yeah, overall. Um, um, but yeah, I enjoy. Either way, I enjoyed it. The only sub note I put is that it was the end. Obviously, of the you know, obviously the celebratory sort of thing where they won the match, but didn't win the belt. Go figure. Or they actually lost the belt. They actually lost the match, didn't they? But they're still in the ring. Yeah. Um, I just put as a sub note: Hogan does not know when to fuck off, does he? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that. So, um, but yeah, three out of five for that match. It was okay. Certainly watchable. I'm just gonna give it a two. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, Money Inc. win by DQ in eighteen twenty-seven. 
which it did Longest seem, match on the card. And it seemed a lot longer than that as well for some reason. This tends to be a theme about these matches. They are seem to last. <laughs> they feel like they last longer. Doesn't tend to be a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to our next match, which for me was match of the night. Shit, the bad. Match of the night. Which was the narcissist Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect. Now, when I say this was match of the night, I am not saying it's a fantastic match. I'm saying it's it's the peanut in the shit. Well, there's a quick quick some notes. Uh, it's Luger's first mania, and there's a point. At some point, they're coming out. I think it's been cut off this version, the network version, where uh, someone, I think it's Bobby Heenan's like, oh, those are awesome, those are awesome. And then Randy Savage goes, yeah, those tits are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I've been cut that off. I IMDb as a quote, but apparently it's, it seems to have been cut off the, this, the network feed for some yeah. reason. But at the same time, you get R shot on a PJ shot. There you go. Multiple R shots. Yep. But um, there is a moment where they're actually saying the one on the right sort of like is, you know, the perving on them, basically. Yeah. Heenan and uh, what's his name? Savage. Ma- Savage, that's the one. Um, but yeah, but Lex's entrance, our shot, was that PG? <laughs> Don't think so. Don't think it was. Is it Lex? I also noted as well, did Lex Luger get his gear from the same place Tatanka got his? I'll make you say that. Well, you'll see in a second. Because obviously he's, uh, he's he's going to take his robe off now. There you go. He's wearing sort of like a sort of loincloth sort of design. But with tights. He might have done. Yes, I think he possibly got them from the same guy. But yes, we also have our first bit of entrance pyro for the night. Well, when I say pyro, I mean sparklers. Pretty much, because he gets the late, he gets his um, mirrors, and he turns around, turns around and poses, and sparklers for no apparent reason. Outside, outside as well, with the wind blowing. Yeah, the women bracing themselves behind the mirrors. <laughs> it's like ah. <laughs> More just for the guys on that side, like, but just like they can't see anything, just smoke coming towards them. Yeah, like, it's like oh, for fuck's sake, I can't even perv. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mr. Perfect comes out, and massive pop, probably one of the pops of the night, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, Perfect's last man yet as a wrestler. Ah. Until WrestleMania 18, where he performed the pre-show. Yeah, it does not count. Well, he um, he did appear at WrestleMania 10, but he was a special guest referee for uh, Luga Yokozuna. <laughs> Wave the girls off. Quite like, I quite like Mr. Perfect's entrance theme as well, because it's simple, but... It's iconic, isn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> we also reminds me of playing Royal Rumble on the SNES. <laughs> eight bit. Yeah, eight bit <laughs> at sixteen. I'll have you know. Eight bit. <laughs> Fucking ace. I just eight bit tunes. I just I just remember uh, standing uh, playing as. Um, I used to be we always made sure I was Shawn Michaels and my brother was always um, Bret Hart. Mm. And I always remember just standing in the middle of the ring and just literally just punching each other. <laughs> That's all we did. And all you'd hear was, uh, 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 uh. That was literally all, all you heard. <laughs> oh dear. And there was a Royal Rumble mode on it as well. If you stood on the top rope, all you needed to do was be punched. And that were it. Done. All you heard was, uh, and that were it. Done. Well, there's a... Uh... As I realised today, there's um, I think it's on WWF Attitude, the game. I think it used to be Jerry the King. You yeah, Jerry the King and Shane McMahon doing commentary for something. No idea why. Okay. And uh, I want to say it was this game. You, you could get the free count on it, and like Jerry the King would say, Good night, Irene. <laughs> I was like, is that not a Pulp Fiction reference? Could like, be. Jerry the King just made a Pulp Fiction reference on the game. Absolutely. Still shit. <laughs> it was decent at the time. I met Jerry the King. All oh, right, yeah, I think on the game, but... but yeah, we had a nice little bit of uh, wrist lock reversals, or oh, hammer lock reversals, even. And you get, I noticed a lot of shots by Mister Perfect were stiff as fuck in this match. <laughs> really, that wouldn't stiff. surprise me. Yeah, as really. I, as I know, it is essentially it's power versus technique. Yeah. The narcissist is obviously the power perfect his technique, but there's some of these shots you could hear them echo. The irresistible force made a movable object. <laughs> <laughs> the object. Um, but the knee lift was fucking terrible, let's be honest. Well, mm. But yeah, the pace of this match is ridiculous in parts. Perfect drop kick by Mr. Perfect, funny enough. Yeah. It's an awesome, awesome drop kick. You say perfect, mm. obviously play play playing the face, but he's also acting slightly heelish as well. I think that's always worked for Mister Perfect, though. Yeah, I think in general. Mm. But yeah, I I enjoyed his little character, his character work. Now, so perfect starts targeting the knee. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he goes to the knee, and as I noted, there's a lot of Luger selling. Yeah. Oh. Ow! Ow, my knee! <laughs> Ow, that hurts! <laughs> but then, um, later, I will I will save this comment like, for later when when they do it in the match. Because obviously, you know, spoiler alert, we have the match on in the background. Um, yes, we do. We do. Yeah, uh, perfect begins working over the knee with some Luger selling thrown in for good measure. Absolutely. And Luger starts working over the injured... Over the, or previously injured back of Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Works in E now. Ow! <laughs> he, he does more in a bit when he starts getting a strike. Like, there we Ow! Go. <laughs> Ow! Ah! Oh! 
Here's the first. Here's a question mm. for you then, Coxie. Would you rather him just shout ow ow ooh, ow ooh, or silence? Well, it's good that he's actually reacting. Yeah, but it's just the way that he does it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is comical. I'll be honest with you, it is comical, but and it is over the top. Ow! <laughs> ooh, he's still shouting. He is. Um. It's one of them though with Luger, like I don't think you ever really see his, his facials with him. Like Miss Perfect, you see you see a lot of his facial reactions, but you don't really hear him. Yeah. Like Luger, you, you get the opposite. But I'm just taking the headphone off now so I can hear these chops because it was stiff. And I remember my, my actual comment was stiff chop by Perfect. Fuck. <laughs> and then he does another one exactly the same. But there's, they really are taking some liberties with each other in this match. Oh yeah, proper takes some proper. There's some stiff shit going now. Yeah, really stiff. But they look like the two guys that obviously can take it. And the match is better I've, for I've, it. I think Perfect is one of them. He 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 was legit. He'd shoot on you. Oh yeah. I think if 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 need be. Or if he's just trying to humble you, like, because I think this is around. I don't think Luger had been in the business long at this point. No. Um, I think he was always sort of one of those guys, like, yeah, he had a football background or whatever. Because he, he came in through the World Bodybuilding Federation. That's right. Which yeah. then flopped and then he joined as a wrestler, but he was narcissist. And then he became the narcissist Lex Luger. Mm. Then became Mr. America, sort of thing. Yeah. On the Lex Express, <laughs> but it was still garbage. But he'll be your hero. Yeah. <laughs> on the Lex Express. Ah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just sound like I converted you with that that notion, then. No. But he'll be I, your hero. I just vomited in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> he'll slam the Yokozuna. <laughs> he'll he'll save America from the American. He'll make America great again. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, Do you think that's what Donald Trump thinks he looks like? Yes. Yes, I think it is. Nineteen ninety three Lex Luger <laughs> is he's what Donald it's, Trump. If Donald Trump was King Jong Il, <laughs> again to reference The Simpsons, it's like when Mr. Burns. Um, Sees himself as like that godly figure, and he gets like that wax yes. body of yes. him, like a rippling six pack and stuff. Yes, that would be Donald Trump. Yep, but like Lex Luger. Yeah, Lex Lex Luger is Donald Trump's wet dream. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, that 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 injury was that that wasn't real. That was fake. That was a fake injury. <laughs> oh. Oh, potential fuck finish, but not. It's 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 not fuck finish yet. Hey, nice like power slam. Nice power slam, yeah. By Luger, praise, praise for Luger. <laughs> I put. I say this is a very even match as well. Very, very fifty-fifty booked. Yeah, it's. Uh... Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it was... Perfect perfect with a perfect sunset flip. It's a bloody leap as well, isn't it, man? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I might be funny, but if there's any fault in this match, it's not coming from Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Mr. Perfect for me was obviously his MVP for this pay per view. Yeah. Um, I actually can't fault his performance one bit. For Donald Trump, I mean Luger. Yeah, Donald um, Donald Luger. <laughs> um, he's all right, but you know he's he's limited in what he could do. And this is probably if you wanted to showcase Lex Luger, this is the match you'd show. Brutally honest. Yeah. It's fifty fifty, but like like you were saying, I think Perfect carried Luger through this. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect um, Perfect made Luger look great. Yeah. Absolutely. Luger helped Perfect made this match. Yeah. I'd say. It was Luger versus a at times it was Luger versus a fucking tree a tree trunk. Effectively. But yeah, we're getting towards the end of the match here. Um, we are. So yeah, top, we go to the top rope drop kick soon. Strap down. Oh, fucking serious now. <laughs> He's doing his best um, early early big show impression. <laughs> Dusty, I'm sorry. <laughs> ah. WrestleMania, baby. <laughs> Woo! Fuck's sake. <laughs> Big show, the man that just keeps uh, on giving. Bunker, you see what you're missing out on now, mate. Yeah. Oh, just think he watched this and made notes for no reason. Oh no, he's he's going to do a short. Bit on it. <laughs> like I want like Bunkle's full fingers. Like I meant to be like, it's fucking shit. I hate it. So like just him opening a bottle of whiskey, just taking sips every now and then. What you need to do? Remember the sound effect that you had for um, the uh, Christmas pod? Sound effect. Sound effect. Maybe. <laughs> what what sound effect do you mean? Okay, then we'll take the recording of you opening an actual bottle <laughs> that you had for the Christmas one and have, just put it at the beginning of this episode. Oh, I want Bunker full on drinking a bottle of whiskey going. This, this show, man, is like, you weren't there. Oh, here we go. Fuck finish two coming up where Luger gets the two backslide. He gets the backslide. Luger, Luger, perfect feet are on the ropes. So yeah. You see it. I mean, the. With his colour scheme of these uh, tights, his uh, uh, his singlet and the ropes, um, Mister Perfect was fucking camouflaged. And then post match forearm by Luger. But yeah, the, um, the builder wall forearm, the builder wall forearm, yeah. The, the wall, yeah, the builder. Oh, fuck, the builder wall forearm. So yeah, overall for this match. Um, three out of five. Point five out of five. Three point five out of five. See, I gave it three, but uh, I gave it three, but then label it as good, but not great. Mm. I put a great um, match. It was all right. It's it's one of the better ones on the show. Mm. Um, 
certainly compared to what follows this well, in a few moments. Well, well, I've put um, well, I've put great match would have been a four star, but for yet another sketchy finish. Yeah, every match has been a sketchy apart from one See, so far. Perfect comes around now and gets a small ovation from the crowd. Yeah. I said, put great storytelling, baking both guys, especially perfect, look like a million bucks. But then, obviously, at the match now was going perfect. Come round, he's seething. He's going to go after Luger backstage. You know, to tell him his policies are wrong, and he shouldn't be having to get trade wars with China. Yeah, so he legs it backstage and uh, goes to attack Luger, but gets attacked by Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He jumps in. Uh, yeah, Luger gets a win in 10.56. And that match, I would say, was about his time. You know what I mean, it wasn't too long. It didn't feel that long. It didn't feel short. Oh, look, we have a selection of cardboard boxes yeah. set up. <laughs> Michael's in street gear. Michael's in jeans and cowboy boots As and no do. shirt, just twatting the shit out of Perfect with a broom and yeah. some... Uh... Perry Saturn, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, don't, hang on a minute. Don't pick up great Carly. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> sure, Michael's just swung the great Carly at uh, Mr. Perfect. So, yeah, I think... I think a toilet break may be required before we get, crack on with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be needed. Back in a jiffy. <laughs> oh, fuck. And Paul's back from his long tinkles. Yeah, it did take two weeks this time. Just nearly two hours. <laughs> What's what happens when you start chatting about one of uh, the possible loyal listeners if they listen at all? Yes. It happens. Which uh, I'm guessing is open for debate at this point, because I'm not sure if they do listen or not. <laughs> but yes, we have a naked man coming to the rig. Oh, sorry. Looks like a naked man. Ah, uh, yes. This is Undertaker Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> Quick to note, this match is the drizzling shit. Absolutely. So pour yourself, a, pour yourself a big bottle of whiskey. Pour? Also, just crack one open. For pour? Them. Yeah, pour it in Crack it hook. open and put a fucking hose pipe <laughs> in it. And then just drink straight from the bottle. Fuck pouring uh, it. That uh, wastes time. Ah, uh, up the nose of the soul. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, of course, we've got... It's the debut pay-per-view match for Giant Gonzalez. With an airbrushed arse. It's also his only WrestleMania match. Hopefully. Is it only his only match in WWE? Please say, make it so. Nope. Oh... Do you know what this match is? He wasn't in the F for long, though, at this point. I think he's only did a year or so. He was in He was in WCW for beforehand from 89 to 93 and left early 93 to join the WWF. I think it lasted like a year or so. Oh, because it drizzly shit. But do you know what this match is? Do you know what this match really is? This match is that feeling you get. You know when you've had a really, really bad curry the night before? Yeah. And you have that really horrible stabbing pain in the top of your stomach. And the next thing you know, you're running to the toilet. It's more that, that feeling of when you can sort of feel it moving through you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, This it's this match. This is that match. So, 
of course, uh, take her out next on a chariot for some reason, accompanied by a vulture. No one knows why. Yeah. But I noticed um, there's a fan on the hard cam, and before it zooms in, yeah, he's got his hands up with his middle fingers up uh. at Gonzalez. Either that, or he knows this match is going to fucking suck. Probably the latter. Um, I also noticed that the bird tried to get away. Yeah. No, I mean, I was, no, you bastard, you're suffering too. <laughs> but yeah. Uh... But so this match... Is infamous. It needs no introduction. It's oh. well, as, as I've noted, they've uh, built Gonzalez eight feet tall, but in reality, he's only seven foot seven. Hmm. So it's still an impressive feat because he towers over Taker. Yeah, Taker actually looks small, really small in comparison. Randy Savage there. Yeah, I believe he's eight feet tall. <laughs> Bobby Heenan. No, he's like 20 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> now, what they're trying to say about Giant Gonzalez here, I mean, if you look at the placement of the hair, he's either got a really tiny penis or he has lots and lots of pubic hair. <laughs> this is a good quote. That's, of course, one of the main criticisms of this entire show, though, is his airbrushed, bloody, spray-painted suit. Yes. They've even airbrushed the hair on. It's not actual. It's not. They could have stuck some hair well, on. They did stick hair on at some point. Mm. I think further down the line, he comes out like looking hairier. Yeah, this just looks the fucking shit. Um, yeah, as I know, it's like nothing really noteworthy happens in this match. And even then, the only thing that does is have a weapon and throw the chloroform rag in the ring because the body body suit wearing giant can't do shit. Yeah, he can't do shit. He cannot do a thing. Gonzalez has two moves. He has two moves. He has a choke. Well, three moves, sorry. He has a choke. He has an overhand and he has a throw. That's about it. Yeah. That is literally it. It's the move set of a wrestler off a NES game. <laughs> it really is. What is that sort of time of the, the century? SNES. Let's be right. Yeah. Let's get all the gaming information correctly. We've had Blast Process at this point for four years. Yeah, but you couldn't afford it. No, that's right, because <laughs> cartridges were like 60 when, quid a when pop. You, when you have like a Wrestle Jam or whatever it's called at the time. Yeah, Wrestle Jam. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't even have a games console at this point. I wasn't. To be fair, I had the... I don't actually... Can you tell we're avoiding talking about this, man? <laughs> um, I had a pet... My, my, my dad said, you're not having a games console, so you can lead, learn to read and write properly. So, I, you know, I didn't have one until I was 10. Of my own. Jesus. But, so, I could read and write. I was in top sets for everything, but... That my dad's opinion I was like. You got lied to. You got lied. I got lied to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dad's just excuse not to well, everyone. Yeah. Okay. So if you can have one, you can read and write. But when I say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it's on my terms, bastard. <laughs> of course, Zangozal haven't even left his feet at this point. And uh, referee Bill Alfonso. Oh, he's got a fourth move, a clothesline. Oh God! Ref- yeah. Referee Bill Alfonso overseeing this contest. 
I'll put it all shit chin lock. He's got a shit chin lock. Uh, I say Paul Bearer does use the urn to revitalize the Undertaker quite a few times. Try to make Gonzalez, you know, actually look credible. I mean, this fucking chin locks are shit. Oh dear. Uh, the more I look at his fucking body suit, the, the more I hate it. You know, the body suit actually looks like a late game Res- zombie from Resident Evil 1. The ones that just plod around in the lab. It's kind of that. It just seems to be getting worse and worse as I look at it more. Yeah, it's. it's... Like. Do you reckon this is how RVD's um, sing, single uh, airbrusher got into the business? He's got to start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> By pay, well, airbrushing arses. <laughs> <laughs> I'd more like to see the meeting in like Vinnie Mac's office or of like um, him like <laughs> opening like a door and just like a <laughs> pulling out this bloody eight foot well, seven foot bloody suit going, yeah, you're going to wear this. What is it? It's a body suit. Fucking no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is the shit. This is the utter fucking shits. But yeah, Paul Bear is there with the urn, trying to revitalise Undertaker with the shitty chin lock. Come on, Bill. You know, show us some. You know, Bill Alfonso doing his best to actually look like you know look like something going on in the ring. <laughs> the fact this match is on as well before the main event. I know. This is no. This is bad. I mean, this is the worst. Obviously, Taker's looked in a WrestleMania match. Yeah. Easily. But this is before the street meant anything, really. I mean, you've like been in the beers in the WWE for three years at this point. Yeah. Maybe less than that. Because he came uh, in at the arse end of 1990, didn't he? So you're talking two and a bit years. Yeah, he. he so it would have been WrestleMania 7. Mm. Was. Uh, His first one. Yeah, I think it was him snooker at 7. Uh, Jake Roberts at 8. Gonzalez at nine. He missed ten. Injury. I believe so. And I think it was King Kong Bundy at eleven. Something like that. Something like that. But yeah, this is fucking terrible. Undertaker again. Oh, and take yes. a. What's <laughs> <laughs> we'll that? Paul Be- when Paul Bearer heard that he was like, oh no. <laughs> I'm not his son. His son can do the impression. He just looks like a bald version of him. <laughs> oh, look, he can do another move, a headbutt. He's got a headbutt. A shitty headbutt. It's a headbutt all the same. Oh, overhand. Going back to that well. So, yeah, we've got um, overhands to the head. Throat thrust by the take. And I believe he gets him down to one knee. Oh, this is. <laughs> the thing this match though is afterward, 
Uh, I think it's Gonzalez is walking off and he's like sort of um, taunting to the crowd, like doing the whole, like, yeah, look at me. And it's like, I don't think you really understand how you're supposed to be the bad guy, so why are you taunting? And you fucking lost the match. Here we go. Harvey Whippleman's Whippleman's into the air. Paul Bearer gets headbutted and killed. Headbutted and chloroformed. And chloroformed. I take it, this man rats smell like chloroform to you. But I thought he was a dead man and dead men don't breathe. If he can smell that, how the fuck is Bill Alfonso not on his ass? Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's it? But Bobby Healy say, "What's that smell?" <laughs> Vinnie Mac in the headphones in the back is going, "Pull over that chloroform, you bitch." See <laughs> 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 so yes, again, a seven foot seven tall man can't beat a six foot ten man, so he has to use a rag of chloroform. Yes. So yeah. And I think Bill Alfonso gets red ring of reft. I've also put commented, fuck Gonzalez, just go away. <laughs> just go. Just fuck off. Get to fuck out of off the TV, just go. But yeah. Take a hand knocked out, go Gonzalez. DQ. So therefore, Taker technically wins by losing the, the only uh, match in the streak that he's lost by uh, won by DQ. Even yeah, you know it's a WWE when your medical service comes wearing a toga. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. skip ahead at this point because nothing really happens no. about Taker getting carried to the back. But yeah, I put one out of then... five drizzling shits. Fuck off and fuck finish. Nuff said. Nothing really there. So Taker comes back to the ring, attacks Gonzalez, series of clotheslines, and brings Gonzalez down. Gonzalez escorted out by security. Oh, yeah, she's even taking one bump. Yeah. But yeah. Um... But yeah, big clothesline. Gonzalez is spazzing out. Another Gonzalez spaz out. It's like he forgets to fall on the third one. Oh, that was the drizzly shit. Oh, an awful fall as well. Yeah. It's like, if Giant Gonzalez had fallen the ring and no one's around to hear it, does he make a sound? <laughs> yeah. Boo! <laughs> but see, he's got whipple tits, like, sort of pushing him about with police officers. Yeah. And then... He's not Roman Reigns, I was not going to beat him up. No, but as you watch here... Yeah, look at me! Thank you, everyone. Smell my airbrush, bo. <laughs> he, his arms are real. I'm gonna be. I'm the heel. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Oh dear me. Oh dear. And that was Undertaker Gonzalez. And then we next have a Hogan promo saying he wants a title shot, which, you know, seems oh, yeah, bullshit. So, 
No better person to ask about the belt than Hogan. Yeah. The, well, four, the four-time champion Hogan. Yeah. But then we also have like a sort of intro by cunt reporter. Um, or uh, Pettingill. Pettingill, yeah. Where, um, firstly, he mocks a, a kid for his ears. Fucking hell. And it's after this Hogan promo, so if you want to watch that, it's unbelievable. But I'll say Hogan there, you know, he's on the probe. You look at his eye, you realise how fucking bad his eye actually is. Yeah. It's actually the the white of his eye is red. (laughs) Red, that's like a really dark red. Mm. Whoever's done that to him, that's not not a skiing accident. That's not a water skiing accident. Someone's kicked fuck out of him there. Now, willing to obviously the room, the big room, like mm-hmm. he said, going round was he was sticking it to Miss Elizabeth. Now, I would say, what would make a man hit a man so hard that they practically <laughs> lose an eye? Sticking your dick in their girl. So, the only thing that came to mind was uh, longest yard was like, I think he does shit himself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's he's been he, at this point here. He's obviously been messing where he shouldn't have been messing. Yeah, you know it's definitely someone's fucking lamped him good and proper. But it looks like with a proper like a fucking metal bar or something. That's not a fist. That's a boot. Probably that's a boot or a metal bar or a stamp or. But don't forget, wrestling moves are meant to be real. It could have been a fucking Macho Man elbow drop. <laughs> oh dear! Here we go. Here's the cut. Pro- here he is. Firstly, he takes a piss out of a kid with his ears. Prince Charles' ears. And he pushes another kid out the way to get <laughs> these two wankers. This reminds me of the uh, Mania 17. It's like, so where have you come from? We travelled here from Brisbane, Australia. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Ozzy. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. This guy can suck a thousand dicks. Basically. (laughs) Fucking twat. Gonna improv, look, the kid's in the way, have a couple of words with him, make his moment, his WrestleMania, fuck's sake, he's had the worst card in WrestleMania history, yeah. poor fucker. Let's just shove him out of the way in front of millions. No, let's just ask him, are you enjoying WrestleMania? Oh, good, oh, I'll see you later. Boom. No, just shove the poor kid away. Fuck you. Prick. It's like a bunker level ramp there. Yeah. What he's, happens when you become a channel, parent? He's channeling your spirit for you. Yeah. Twat. I'm sat in his seat, that's why. <laughs> Bunkle and keeping your arse groove warm. Until uh, Mania. Until Mania. So yes, we have Yokozuna coming out. Weighing 550 fucking pounds. Apparently. <laughs> Those women in the ring look scared. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? Well, if he's coming out of a loaf of bread, with you, I'd, I'd be scared. <laughs> Could be a fucking sandwich. 
And there we go. He's got his notes. I've got my notes ready. Yeah. So, um, of course, going into this match, Rick, uh, Bret Hart won the belt from Ric Flair in October 92. Ah, Ric Flair's not part of the company but now at this point, is he? It was a match never broadcast on TV. Okay. He won at a house show in Canada. Um, but it was it was filmed it was was filmed it was shown on like some Coliseum home video releases around the time. Oh, okay. Um, but at this point, like Brett was like, "I'm going to be like the fighting champion." Just fight every fucker. Yeah, uh, he had matches with Papa Shango, Shawn Michaels, and Razor Ramon, as well as like rematches with Ric Flair uh, before his match with Yoko here. Mm. I mean, Ric Flair was out the company at this point, wasn't he? Was I think back? it was around the time he possibly left, yeah, because he... Went back to the WCW, didn't he? Uh, I think so. It might have been early. It might have been around the time, but it be a bit later. Mm. I can't remember. Off the top of my head. Either way, he weren't um, around, obviously. But, um, yes, we have um, Bret, Bret, Bret Hart against Yoko, which... If you know your wrestling history, you know the outcome of this. It's one of the biggest bullshit moments in WWE history. Someone pulling yeah. their creative fucking control <clears throat> card. Yeah. As a certain uh, Vince Russo once said. <laughs> in a very famous promo. Um, and you'll probably never well, see that piece of shit ever again. <laughs> With this match, though, as I found, it's like a standard big man, little man. Mm. Like Hart has a technique and a speed, but then Yoko has a, the size... The power and the speed, strangely, because he's massive, but he can move quick. This is it. In bursts, and he doesn't blow up. I mean, obviously, Heenan's saying it in sort of keyfabe sort of way. But Yokozuna, he did, he did have the stamina, and he did, in a way, he had the stamina, the power, and all that. He could go for a good few. Obviously, you're not going to get an, an, an hour and Iron Man match out of him, yeah. but you'd expect someone at that side, literally, to pull. A, Throw a punch, throw a kick, and that'd be a lot. No, the guy could fucking work mm. and work good, which is why he was in the position he was, and he was a unique in the wrestling world. You've not had anyone like him yeah. since. Closest you had was Vader. Yeah, I and mean, Vader wasn't even that big. He was big, but he weren't Yokozuna Four, big. Four fifty at the heaviest. Exactly. So this is another. This is basically another Alexa Bliss on top. Essentially, you know. But it was uh, Bret Hart claims has claimed before in the past that uh, this was the best match Yokozuna ever had. Well, he would. Everything else is four out of fucking ten. And of course, that Matt, that uh, shot then under uh, between Yoko's legs. Yummy. Uh, Randy Savage, quick to note. Look at that view. <laughs> but that drop kit was awesome, and the way Yokozuna sold it mm. was pretty decent. I mean, obviously, you're not going to knock a man of that height, that size. With a drop kick like that, but the way he made it believable, yeah. Even the hair works. I mean, obviously the way it's balled up. Every time he's someone just punching, you see he's whipped his head back. Mm. It looks a hell of a lot more impactful than it actually is. 
Or would be. And then you just got Yokozuna just ploughing shit out of him. Not in the Braun Strowman Alexa Bliss way. <laughs> well, Brett also has stated before that he was disappointed with Yoko for getting tired and decided to finish match early. Because he apparently had like a, another five minutes of back and forth or whatever planned. Yeah, but look, let's be honest. Look at this, look at Yokozuna and the type of wrestler he is. He's, he's not a fucking... He's not a collegiate athlete. He's not. He's not going to skip. Give you a twenty-five-minute, half-an-hour clinic. He's going to take. Yeah, Mike Awesome. (laughs) Awesome splash. Um, you're not going to get a twenty-five-minute clinic. You're not going to get balls ring to ring. Fucking die swanton's and things like that off him. You're going to get a certain style of Yokozuna. He's gonna take take a few of your moves. He's gonna, you're gonna take a few of his, and he's gonna beat you. Yeah. Or you're gonna beat him. You're not gonna get like you say. You're not gonna get submissions. You're not gonna get mat wrestling. You'll only really wrestle one type of match against Yokozuna. That's you know because you're fighting from down, looking up, really, aren't you? In a way. Yeah. Maybe not in height, well, but obviously in weight. It's one of them. You can't really slam him. No, like even Hogan. There's not much you can do in terms of like he ain't leaving his feet. No, exactly. Unless he's doing his own move, like so, a bon- the bonsai drop. Mm. But the guy could move. Look, here we go. Spring into a leading leg drop. Guy can go, well, good could go. Yeah. But the thing is, so obviously you're going back into the history of WWE. The guy had the obsession, from what I understand, of getting heavier. He's still trying to work. Uh. From what I understand, I mean, there was some sort of documentary that I saw. I don't know if it was on the network. I don't recall. I know he. Was like at one point was like five hundred and eighty. Mm. Uh, I think he'd been as big as like six twenty, possibly at points. But at the same time, though, you don't know if that's legit because that could be the build weight. Yeah. So, but yeah, apparently he did have sort of an obsession of trying to be get as big as possible, as heavy as possible, mm. still being able to work, and that was one of the major reasons why he got let go. Hmm. From what that's for, that's what I can't remember what documentary it's from, so I can't credit it. But it was definitely something that I watched, and well, it, it was that thing as well at the same time, though, of like them phasing out the the, the larger than life characters. There's that as well. I mean, um, Yokozuna is definitely a character. You know, you, you got people at this period. Obviously, you've seen it yourself. You've had Crush. You've had the Narcissist. You've had Mister Perfect in the way he was one of these characters. Yeah, you've had Doink. You've had. The head shrinkers. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you get Jimmy and Jey Uso, you got Roman Reigns. Yeah, they're all just names now, aren't they? Literally, mm. you don't get like the last one we really had that was really a name, not a name. It was more of a, a, a sort of like character in a way. Apart from the mask wrestlers, you're talking someone like Ryback. Yeah, as an actual character, as an actual character. Oh, you nearly said the Miz, but that's not far off. 
But the Miz is just a nickname, really. Shortened of his that's a shortening of his real name. Yeah. So but if you look at it like here though, where you have like the likes of Kamala, mm. Bigelow, Papa Shango, Yokozuna, Mantor. Mm. <laughs> to name a few. Yeah, these are legitimate characters that have got nothing to do with what's in real life. These are characters that have been written for them and they're doing a performance, not an extension of their actual, or an exaggeration of their actual character in real life. It's the character that they're playing all of their own. Yeah. Um, Case in point, Yokozuna. I mean, he's not from fucking Japan for a start. He's fucking from Hawaii in real life. Sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> um, so it's just one of them. You don't see that anymore. The only thing you see different now is fucking, what is it, the one at Jinder Mahal who plays an Indian who's actually fucking Canadian. Yeah. But there is a point in this match where the, the crowd actually starts chanting USA. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they all start for some reason yeah, chanting USA, even though one of them's from Canada and one of them's billed from Japan. Bobby Heenan even picks up on it on one point, saying the the, the 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 Canadian and Japanese guy in the ring and the shouting USA. Oh dear. You know, it's he it does call them morons, I believe. But he's right. He's fucking yeah. right. Use your brain. There's a guy stood there with a Japanese flag on the outside. <laughs> Go figure. But yeah, we've not even really talked about what's been going on in this match. We've just been getting on to it. Bret Hart at this point in the match has just done a top rope bulldog. The problem with this match is there's nothing really to report. It's, it is big man, little man. Yeah, it's, there's nothing. Um, there's nothing really. To, there's nothing much you can really add. I mean, obviously you've got a wrestler the caliber of short of Bret Hart. It's just not the standard. Um, like ECW, where you've got Spike Dudley just been murdered by Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm. Like, Bret Hart's actually getting some offence in. This is it. But let's be honest, though. Um, Bret Hart's not Spike Dudley. <laughs> this is true, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a nice little bit of selling by Yoko for the clothesline. Standing yeah. on one foot, teasing the topple over. And then you got Yokozuna coming out. Was it a spine buster? We take oh um, short um, take broken the turnbuckle. I'm just trying to figure out my notes where we are. Oh yeah, close like it knocks Yokozuna into unprotected turnbuckle into the sharpshooter. Which looks awkward as fuck, might I add. It's like when Bret Hart, uh, not Bret Hart, John Cena did the bloody STF to the big show with his foot under the rope. Oh, God, yeah. It almost looks p- p- in- in- impressive, the fact that Yokozuna doesn't, like he doesn't, be- he- doesn't even look like he fucking moves. Then you get Mr. Fuji with the salt. And then free count, Yoko's new champ. And it, that's it. It is done. Or is it? Again, another fuck finish. Yep. Uh, Yoko gets the free with a fuck finish in 8.55. Yep. And it was about right, I'd say. The match mm-hmm. was okay. Oh, Hulk Hogan straight into the ring. 
But yeah, two and a half out of five, I gave it. It was what it was, decent for what it could be done. Hogan out calling bullshit. Yeah. I'm saying we want some action. So Mr. Fuji on the mic now. Challenges Hogan to a match right now for the strap. Hogan in his red and yellow cowboy boots. Yeah. Got changed. Hogan helping Hart. Hart tells him to go for it. Hogan in the ring. <laughs> Fuji, Fuji with, with the with the main Euphalus. Yeah. The, the, the uh, WrestleMania dong. <laughs> dong? The dong. Where is my automobile? <laughs> The nine-inch dildo. Come on, you yellow belly. Uh, Hogan's main colour is yellow. <laughs> well, the purpose of this, Hogan's wearing red leggings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's changed his from his gear to... Like he's also going to film an episode of Baywatch. Yeah. Which is funny because that's where they end up going in a year or so, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> WCW, where he has a match with Vader, I believe, isn't it? In a cage on the beach. What Savage? I'm not sure, but I know Vader's in the match. No, Vader's in the episode. Could be Savage. Oh, in the episode, I'm not sure, but yeah. there was the the actual pay per view they have on the beach. Yeah. See, the bell's not wrong at this point or anything. Like apparently the match has just started, but. Does that in front of the ref? Because of Fuji reason. gets clocked. It's because of it's because of Axe bomber. Creative control. Leg drop. Dead. So Fuji challenges Hogan on behalf of Yoko for right now. Lord of bollocks shouldn't have happened. Creative <laughs> Fuji, control. Fuji throws salt in front of the ref. Uh, gets the lariat and the leg drop. For the win in 22 seconds to send the fans, ham- fans home happy at around 6 pm. <laughs> this pay per view started at quarter four in the afternoon. There you go. And they say they can't put a WrestleMania on in the UK. This pay per view says otherwise. <laughs> oh, we can't do it because of timing. Uh, WrestleMania 9, fuck you. What about the equipment? You streamed the pay-per-view from the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool and it didn't get stolen. Fuck you. Yeah. It can be done. <laughs> Fuck well, you. The fact they can broadcast the live shows and that, and they, they broadcast that insurrection out live. Yeah, they can do so it anywhere. It. I mean, one of the arguments I had with somebody was saying, oh, they can't get the equipment there. What, are you, what, are you comparing equipment from, what, 1999 to now? Yeah. All you need is a fucking laptop and a couple of cameras. <laughs> That's all you need, and an internet connection. Yeah. That is all you need. You tell me you can't. You can fit that in the back of somebody's boot. A transit <laughs> van. A transit van is all you need for transport to do a wrestling pay per view nowadays. Sorry, two. One to get the ring in. Yeah. So you know it's bullshit. Everyone says, "Oh, they can't get the equipment." Wrong. You're fucking they they wrong. They just won't do it because of time differences. The equipment's already here. Yeah. <laughs> the equipment's already here. But like I say, the time difference you can't even say because they did WrestleMania 9 in fucking lunchtime. Well, it may as well be compared to what it is nowadays. I mean, even for us, we could go to... If they did that now, This we could go to bed at midnight. Yeah. You know, it'd be ideal. 
rather than it starting at midnight. Yeah, exactly. God fucking help us in a couple of weeks. <laughs> two weeks' time, isn't oh, it? Oh, I'm just going to like thing you up on that monster and shit. Yeah, it's going to be two weeks. Two weeks today of recording. We'll be Fuck doing no. this shit. Yay. Um, but yeah, overall. So yeah, anyway, thank fuck that's over. Yeah, overall thoughts. I'm going to say two out of five for that whole pay-per-view. Um, the Mania... I'll well, say, this Mania is rightfully considered the worst Mania of all time. Almost every match had a fuck finish. I think there was one that didn't. That was the Steiner match. It's had criticism for numerous things, including poor booking. Correct. The fact that 90% of the staff were wearing togas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giant Gonzalez bodysuit. Oof. And, of course, the finisher of Hogan winning the belt. Yeah, because of creative right. control. Um, but to touch on that, as I've got my notes here... <clears throat> um. So the speculation that Hogan blackmailed Vince to change the outcome of the main event, uh, to have him catch it, capture the belt, but Mangan agreed, but only if Hogan had dropped the title at SummerSlam back to Bret Hart. Okay. Though, apparently, of course, this didn't happen, as uh, he dropped the belt to Yoko Zuna, believing Hart not to be in his league, and then he left WCW the following year in 94. Wow. Uh, in compensation, Hart was booked to win the King of the Ring tournament. Fair play. So, of course, that's all just purely speculation. So we don't know this for certain. Uh, overall, I'm giving it a one out, one and a half, and that's been fucking generous. Yes. <laughs> um, like I say, for me, I'll say two out of five again. This mania was rightfully considered the worst mania of all time. Almost every match had a fuck finish. Bullshit endings for the show. Not all bad though. As a couple of the hidden gems are on this show, namely Mr. Perfect Narcissist and Shawn Michaels and Tatanka, for me. Yeah, um, uh, I'll go with that, but it's the rest of it. Well, they said it's... even even so, they cannot save this show. I cannot recommend this in good faith. This show in good faith. Avoid. I, I wish I'd got wanked before this. I know. Is that avoid unless you even must watch every single WrestleMania, or you have some strange <laughs> fetish for watching really bad wrestling. To be fair, that was the only reason I watched Mania Nine in the first place. Mm. Like morbid I, curiosity. Well, no, I was started watching them all when I bought the box set up to WrestleMania eighteen. Hmm. Well, 17, something like that. And so I started going through and watching them one by one. I got up to WrestleMania 8 and then sort of fell out of love with wrestling because I was like, God, some of these drag on are so boring. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's WrestleMania 9. I sort of like, right, I'm going to pick up on WrestleMania 9 now. I watch WrestleMania 9 and I've never made it through a 10. <laughs> so I may, cl- I may when, I, when, I, when I get home, I may cleanse my soul with 10, but at the same time, at time of recording, I have realised that the clocks go forward tonight, so... Yes, they do. So, like, one less hour of sleep, therefore I shall not be doing that. <laughs> so, I'll be going to bed, me thinks. Um, but yeah, in good faith, I cannot recommend WrestleMania 9. It is a load of shit. I'm, I can say, rightfully considered the worst WrestleMania of all time. This is true, and I think it's on par with WrestleMania 11 being one of the worst as well. 
Not if not. I've not heard anything about WrestleMania eleven. I want to say it's eleven. Eleven or twelve gets quite slated as well, but I can't mm. remember why. But eleven's for me stands out to me. Mm. Has been awful as well. Because like twelve is when you have like the warrior come back and he take on destroys Triple H in like a minute and a half. Fucking hell. So what we'll have to do for next year then, maybe just for shits and giggles, pick the top three worst WrestleManias, not including WrestleMania 9. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then to finish so it off, finish that's it off. That's going to be like, what, 4, 5 and 11 or something. More than likely. <laughs> More than likely. Or um, fucking 33. Bloody 11. And something else. Yeah, something not great. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, join us next week as we descend on the Fox Hall in Blackpool for the first podcast of 2018. Absolutely. And the first. Where it's not only a rad, but we're going to do. Well, it's, we're doing a rad, but we're doing a, the production separate, aren't we? Yeah, what I was thinking, this is my plan for the podcast, because I've. Don't know why, so we'll have captain the ship on the podcast. <laughs> Apart from the first one, Alan did. Um, no, the second one, Alan did actually. So, I, yeah, it was the second one. Anyway, what I'm thinking of doing, obviously, we're going to try and make it as close to a two hour bro- show as possible. It's not going to be live, it's going to be pre recorded and then uploaded. Um, first half is going to be your bog standard RAD sort of show. Well, we just talk random shite and see where it goes. Second half is going to be because normally the podcast is sort of like a co-production of RAD and Lost Art of Podcasting. This time, though, because we've been WrestleMania, it's Lost Art of Wrestling. So the second half is going to be pure Lost Art of Wrestling with friends. Yes, THG's band of hataholics will join us to run down the WrestleMania card Absolutely. and give, give their predictions. Absolutely, so it's going to be an absolute blast. <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to it. So, really looking yeah. forward. It'll be like this. It'll only be our second show of the year. Potentially, we could have an extra one. Now I'm just waiting on audio <laughs> from certain members of the RAD team, but. I will. I'll. I'm going to get some sort of snippet out there next week. The, the Hatomaniacs. Yes, the Hatomaniacs. <laughs> if even if it's just a, um, it's either going to be one of the Hatomaniacs, I suppose, <laughs> or it could potentially be a solo, tip the hat, podcast. So we'll have to see. We shall see. We shall see. But it depends whether I can fit some time in next week, which I should be able to. So, get some there's talking. Always, there's in. always time. I'll get something in. We'll sort something out next week. I'll have some spare time. <laughs> so, of course, for now, that has been WrestleMania 9, and our journey on the road to WrestleMania is coming to an end, unfortunately. We hope you've enjoyed it, and as for WrestleMania 30, after Mania 34, even, maybe we'll take a look at some others. We shall see. Or something else entirely. So how about... Dun, I'm, dun, dun. What about this for an idea, then, Coxie? I've not mentioned this before, but... How about we let the listeners choose our next pay-per-view that we look at? <laughs> That's what happened with this one. <laughs> um, well, we've got other Mania suggestions, but I want to break from Mania after we do 34. How about a WCW? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we'll see. I've... 
got a couple of ideas already <laughs> down in mind. I'm not revealing anything yet till after Mania 34, though. Fair enough. Because um, Lis- I keep you wanting to come back. Yes, listeners, scrub that whole conversation from your minds. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. To wrap up, I've been Coxie. I've been Paul Thg, Paul the Hat Guy Flinders. Bunkle's not been here. Part timer. And you've been listening to us talk about WrestleMania 9. Yes, you have. Thanks very much. Bye! Grapple fans, it's your old favourite Billy the Boy Bunkle here. Uh, time for another edition of um, the Lost Art of Kayfabe podcast. I'm, of course, joined by no one since I missed the original recording of the show for WrestleMania 9. Um, just a quick one where I'm going to give my thoughts uh, on the show. Um, a quick rundown of the matches and then, uh, yeah, I'll get out of here. Um so, first off, what did I think of the venue, etc.? Well, I thought it was a little bit small, if I'm honest. 16,000 people, but I'm sure the WWE got subsidised massively by the casino, so can't really argue with that. Um, commentators for the night, Macho Man and Bobby the Brain have a really, really good chemistry, actually. Um, I didn't catch a lot of what was going on between them, um, because I was focusing so much on the matches, but the bits that I did catch, they were quite good together. They did a good job with the chem- with the um, psychology of the matches. I think JR seemed a little bit lost, but it being his first WrestleMania, kind of, you know, I'm kind of happy to let him off with, you know, his performance. He did seem almost a little deer in the headlights a lot of the time, and was getting talked over. Um... But no, so uh, on to the matches. Um, First match of the show, IC title match, as seems to be the norm. Um, Shawn Michaels and Tatanka, who I definitely didn't expect in this uh, situation, really. Um, To be honest, my memories of him is, you know, lower card, never really on a pay-per-view. But Shawn Michaels, great competitor, great in ring, must have been the early days. Um... Of his run, and um, yeah, the match itself wasn't particularly great. Uh, I was, it was quite long, um, and it felt long. Um, Tatanka for me isn't, it is not up to scratch. It's chops and more chops and leaping chops, and yeah, not a right lot else. Shawn Michaels was Shawn Michaels. A is exactly the same as I remember him being in the 2000s, really. He's just obviously in a bit better shape. Um, didn't understand the whole concept of having the two women on the outside in either man's corner. Seemed a bit daft to me, to be honest. Um, there was a lot of sherry chants, but there were no chants for the two wrestlers, which 
well, if I was you, I'd be a bit worried. Um, and yeah, Luna Vachon and Shawn Michaels don't really fit together. Um, to be fair, nor do Tatanka and Sensational Sherry. Um, but you know, there was no there was no promo leading into the match to tell me why they were in the corners. Um, in terms of the finish, um, yeah, the finish was a clusterfuck. Basically, no idea why it ended in a DQ, um, or was it a count out? I'm not too sure. One minute it looked like it should have been a DQ, which I could have got, I could have understood, but then apparently no, they were counted out. Even though he hit his finisher and was about to pin him, but then he just went, "Oh no, it's a count out." He was like, "Uh, yeah, kind of fucked up." But anyway, moving on quite quickly. Um, Steiners do a promo. Yeah, they're American and they're from Michigan College. That's basically it. Um, so then the match, the Head Shrinkers versus the Steiners. Um, the Head Shrinkers of Fatu and Shamu, I believe, and the Steiner Brothers, who are the same Steiner Brothers that we know now, uh, except with hair. Um, and I kind of term this match a gimmick versus no gimmick. Um, thoughts on the match itself? Uh, it was crap. Really? It was really, really crap. Um, Rick Stein is an idiot. The whole match, it's billed as the two... Ga- the, t- the head shrinkers basically have incredibly hard heads. So, Rick Steiner comes in off a hot tag and thinks, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll bash their heads together, even though that's part of their gimmick. So, he whacks their heads together, and then they just look at each other, look at him, and headbutt him. And it's like... Did he not see any of the rest of the match? Where they kept whacking their heads together every time they made a tag and stuff like that. Just like, stupid booking. Rubbish. Um, The finish. Yeah. uh, The finish was a botch. Scott Steiner goes for the Frank Steiner, or or a Karana, basically. Um, And, yeah, he fluffs it, really. Um, He doesn't get him properly. And... Yeah, that was a really hard match to watch. Um, Yeah, definitely don't go back and watch that match. That's rough. That's a rough match. Um, Next, a Doink promo. Evil Doink uh, at this year's WrestleMania. I was actually quite impressed with Evil Doink. And we got a bit of a promo giving us the build-up to this match against Crush, a man who I have no idea who he is or what he ever did in this business. Um, yeah, never seen him before, never heard of him. Um, I don't understand what his gimmick is. I'm assuming it's based on the fact that his finisher appears to be the head crush, where you put your hands on either side of a man's head and push. Yeah. Bit shit, if I'm honest. So, um, this is an incredibly short match. Um, crush gets all the offence... Um, no cells, Doink. Then all of a sudden, Doink gets a little bit of offense. Ref gets do- ref gets knocked down, and there's another Doink, and they copy each other like mimes, which is pretty cool. Um, but he's got a loaded arm, so he's got like a fake arm, 
and they say it's loaded, I assume with weights, and they clock crush in the head, and it's a free count, and I was like, yay, because Evil Doink actually has some character, and seems to be quite good, even though, you know, he got booze, he seemed to get a, a crowd reaction, it was incredibly short, like I said, um, but yeah, quite interested by the Doink character, I thought that was quite cool, um, rather than, you know, it's good to see an actual overheal at this point, because nobody else really was over so far, um, Crush, he was over as a face as well, he was, uh, he was very, the crowd seemed very into him, though I can't really say why, he didn't seem to have a gimmick to me, he's just a big dude, um, and yeah, the crowd was pissed at the end of this match, um, I say, I loved it, uh, think Doink's a great character, um, and then some refs come out, and they can't find the other Doink, um, Bobby Heenan keeps trying to tell us it's an illusion, uh, but nobody else believes him, uh, so yeah, moving on, next match, Razor Ramon versus Bob Backlund, fucking hell, I mean, Jesus Christ, um, my notes are literally two lines. Um, Bob, Backlund has, Bob Backlund has no music and looks a fool. Ray's Ramon, who's the bad guy, don't forget, gets chance. Um, I was quite stunned how bad Bob Backlund was in the ring. And then there's a small package and a win, which made this match incredibly awesome because signed, sealed, delivered. Small package victory. Fuck you, bitches. Ray's Ramon wins um then yeah moving on <laughs> not much else i can say um money inc promo and they claim to have basically put a hit out on hulk hogan um and then we get the match money inc the champions out first as i think happens in every match of this pay-per-view except for the main event um versus brutus barber beefcake and hogan um, and Hogan comes out with like a really nasty looking black eye, like his eyes are all bloodshot and stuff. So I'm guessing he actually, you know, it's a kayfabe that there was a hit put on him, but I'm guessing he actually like, I don't know, dropped a weight on him or like on his eye or, you know, walked into a door or something. But it's, uh, it looks pretty gross. Um, yeah, this match, fucking hell. Uh, I realize I haven't done like stars for matches so far. Um, but I actually gave this one a star rating of a 1.5. Um, when the heels were in control, it was great. Uh, the faces were in control. They did heelish things, which made them not faces. Um, yeah, really didn't like it. Um, Ted DiBiase was good. Brutus Beefcake is terrible. How he ever got into this business, how he ever got a, made a career in this business... I don't know. It must be just because he's Hogan's friend. He is awful. Just awful. Um, yeah, this match ends in a DQ. Um, but I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, so, yeah, the ref gets knocked out. There's a double tag. Hogan comes in, uses the face mask to cheat. So Brutus Beefcake has a face mask on. Uh, which is made of titanium, apparently, and Hogan uses it to knock out the heels, which makes him a heel, but the crowd cheer for it anyway. Um, Jimmy Hart puts on a ref's jacket and counts the three. But why? 
Nobody knows because he's not actually a ref and his choice doesn't count. And then the ref wakes up and DQs the faces. I assume for their knocking him down, but I don't know. Um, Hogan does the pose down at the end anyway when they run the heels off. Um, Oh, and they attack the ref, you know, like faces do attack refs. Um, Yeah, and then, oh, and then they find, um, they find, um, they find the briefcase that Shyster had. Uh, Erwin Shyster, the part of Money Inc. They find his briefcase and it's got money in it. So they steal it because that's a face thing to do. Yeah. Why is Hogan a face again? Why is Hogan over? Nobody knows. Um, next match Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect. Luger's entrance is amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> And he comes out, he comes out down to the ring in his silver, and then he's get, he get, he's got the beautiful women with him, and they hold up the mirrors, and he poses, and he poses for everybody, so we can all see his back as we see his front in the mirrors. Brilliant, absolutely hilarious, gold. Um, against Mister Perfect, who comes out to his usual Mister Perfect entrance. Pissed me off because the women who were doing holding up the mirrors for Luger actually get in his way of his entrance. And it's like, get off the camera, bitches. Just wait. Wait until the match has started. Wait until he gets in the ring. And then walk out. So you're not on camera, you silly bitches. But nevertheless, you know, these things happen. It kind of made Perfect look a bit Bush League, which is unfortunate because this is, I assume, was a big feud at the time, especially because Vincent Mann's always been reported to be high on Luger at these times. Um, decent enough psychology in this match, actually. They do talk about the psychology in this match, even though it's quite short, um, about uh, the lower back injury of Mr. Perfect, uh, how Luger's targeting that, um, and how Mr. Perfect starts targeting Luger's knee throughout the match, which was quite good, you know. For, for such a short, what is essentially a really short match. Um, again, my issue with this, it, fuck finish again. So Luger gets a backslide but uses the ropes. Um, and yeah, that's it. And then he knocks Mr. Perfect out after the uh, after the match. He clocks him, knocks him out with an elbow. Because like, Luger's big thing is he's knocked out everyone, basically. Um but yeah, it was fine. Uh, it advanced the story. I suppose it continued the feud. Um, you know, what more can you say about it? You know, it was it was fine. Um, it wasn't brilliant. Again, if I was to give it a star rating, two and a half stars maybe, maybe three. But it's a bit too short to give it a three. Um, but yeah, moving on. Giant Gonzalez versus Taker. Fuck me. Seriously. Jan Gonzalez looks a fucking dick. And he's shit. Oh my god, he's so shit. He comes out in his fucking... Bodysuit. With muscles drawn on it. And hair covering up his private bits. And fucking under his arms and shit. But then he's got an arse. A bare arse. 
on it. He just, he looks fucking retarded. It's so stupid. Taker comes out in a cart with Vulture. It looks kind of cool. I noted one of JR's comments. This is going to be something. This is going to be something right here. Yes. Something, JR. Something it was. Awful. Awful. Um, yeah. They basically take turns no-selling and kind of selling. Um, take a bounce to the power of the urn and... Yeah. Not a lot happens. Jan Gonzalez grabs some chloroform, chokes him out, and Randy Savage is like, oh, that could have killed him. That could have killed him. Uh, no. No, it couldn't. Take a wins by DQ. The crowd is livid. I didn't believe that was going to be the finish, but apparently it was. Um, yeah. Take a wins by DQ. That streak's looking more and more shaky <laughs> the more and more I see of it. Um, yeah, I have actually put, oh my god, that's the finish. Fuck off. Um, yeah, I was livid. Uh, it was I, I was like, I cannot actually believe this is the fucking end. Um, yeah, he gets... I don't, I, I don't, I don't even know where to go from there. Basically, Taker comes back out after being chloroformed, runs him off, and that's it. It's over. And it's like, what? Yeah, minus five stars, minus all of the stars. There's not even a match. It's awful, awful. Um, and now we're heading towards our main event. Uh, we get a promo of Yokozuna killing Jim Duggan, which is a good thing. And then we got Hulk Hogan cutting a promo saying how good Bret Hart is. That's a bad thing. Um, so, yeah, Yokozuna comes out. Bret Hart comes out. Hart's kind of over, but he's not like Hogan or even Taker. The fans, obviously, they know he's the babyface and they cheer for him. But it's like, I expected them all to be on the feet and it'd be to, like, you know, to deafening noise. Kind of like it was for Hogan. And it's not. He's... It's like, yay, Brett's here. So, instantly I thought, he's not going over. Already, I knew, I knew, I know the results, by the way. So, but, yeah. Um, this match, not a lot happens. Um, yeah, Bret Hart basically can't do any suplexes or anything to Yokozuna. So, his, immediately, his offense is punches, kicks, flying punches, Fine kicks and the sharpshooter. That's it. Clotheslines. Um, yeah, does Yokozuna wins basically? Um, Bret Hart gets him in the sharpshooter. He clocks him on an exposed turnbuckle. Bret Hart gets him in the sharpshooter. Fuji throws the cocaine in his face. Sorry, I mean white powder in his face, um, and Yokozuna pins him off that. There's not, there's nothing else. He doesn't do another move. He just pins him off the powder. Um, and he gets up. Hogan's in. He's giving Yoko shit. Fuji, Fuji's like, yeah, he'll beat you, Hulk Hogan. Title on the line. Let's do it right now. Literally, Yokozuna grabs hold of Hulk Hogan. It looks like he's going to get the powder. The powder hits Yoko in the face. Clothesline, big leg, free count. Crowd gone mental. What? 
this powder must like paralyze you because as soon as it hits you you've, you're done it's like super powder but yeah um not good not good at all uh crowd goes home happy maybe i suppose that's the only thing i can say um my other thoughts on the pay-per-view it's crap it's absolute garbage as Coxie would say it's I can't even say there's any matches that you should go and watch because the matches that I thought were good weren't long enough or that had more interesting characters weren't long enough Hogan's match is incredibly long and it's rubbish it's absolute rubbish and there's that many fuck finishes and finishes that we don't know what's happening. Like the DQ finishes. It's just, yeah, it's, that's the finish. Um, no, it's not a DQ. It's a count out. Uh, but it's a DQ. But it's a count out. What? Make it with your mind. Booking. Book it properly. We don't pay to come to watch WrestleMania just to see fuck finishes. And you know what? Pretty much every match is a fuck finish. Except for the small package victory. Everything else is a fuck finish somewhere or there's some interference. Don't watch this pay-per-view. Out of five stars, I give it a one. A one star. And that's because there's a small package in it. A small package pin victory on a WrestleMania. That's your outstanding match. The rest of it, every other match there was fuckery of some kind. Don't watch it. Um... But yeah, so that's my thoughts on WrestleMania 9. Um, Thank you very much for listening. I've been Billy the Boy Bunkle, and that's my opinions on WrestleMania 9. I said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? Who will survive?
Until we fall to top, we won't be stopped. We're knowing important. 